Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Prada. Comedy Hits Channel 99 It's the Ron and Fez show on what the Bible now describes to us as a Tuesday. Uh, we got to get into Highlander last night. Uh, we've only had five people left in our Highlander uh, comedian game, and there can only be one, as you know, in Highlander. Last night, Vic Henley. Hannibal Burris and Dave Smith. Three of the five picked games last night. Let's go through it very quickly. Vic Henley. If there's anyone I like on the planet Earth, it's Vic Henley. He is the funniest human being off the top of his head. Any topic, Vic Henley eliminated. Well, let's look at one of the hottest comedians in America today. Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris. Two Giants. Two Giants are out. That leaves only three people left in the Highlander Challenge. Big Joe List, Eric Stengel, and Dave Smith. Dave Smith coming in a little later on today to basically take a victory lap and enjoy the fact that he's come this far and is looking down at the finals against Big Joe List and Eric Stengel. Dave Smith. Dave Smith. Dave Smith. Eliminated. That leaves us with two. Just Big Joe List and Eric Stengel. There can only be one. 
and we've gone from 50 great comedians down to two as we hit eight weeks in. Halfway through the season, and we're down to two names. Both good buddies of ours, Eric Stengel and Big Joe List. That's it. One of them will go on to be the Highlander champion of all comedians. The other, put to death. Headless. The quickening happens. One of them will get all their power. Should we cancel Big uh, Dave Smith today? I mean, is that just... He's going to be bringing loser stink into the studio. 48 comics eliminated over eight weeks. Crazy. Unbelievable. Three guys take the Cowboys last night. And, of course, you know, a heavy favored playing at home. How could this go wrong? And things go wrong this entire season. Vic Henley, Hannibal Barris, and Dave Smith all out on the Cowboys. Heartbreaker. Uh, J-Bone in Philly. Oh, man. I, I was a show behind, so this morning I'm catching up on Monday's show, and I hear we have three picks on last night's game. I just started laughing my ass off because we knew how that was going down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ronnie, I got one more thing for you real quick. So, uh, like, three weeks ago, Taffert, your boy Taffert's in town doing yeah. a, a bar in Philly right on South Street. Show doesn't air for like two weeks. They've already gone back to their old shitty formula. It happens all the time. Uh, there's a game up right now on the Interrobang of the the kind of miscues, all the shit that went wrong. Uh, they didn't with, even make it to the episode. I mean, you're going to get a little bump off that, you'd think, right? But no, they, they're out already. Most of these people seem to hate him by the time he gets out of there. <laughs> Maybe if he wouldn't scream in their fucking faces. And rip the, their concept apart and just replace it with something crazy and ridiculous. Like America Live or Gypsy. Well, John Taffer Jr. is probably hitting on all the guys in the bar, so that's going to make patrons feel uncomfortable. That's none of our business. You know what I mean? That's a choice to make. We don't know what Taffer Jr. is into. Or, or a birth thing that you can't help, I guess. <laughs> a birth defect that can't be helped. I don't know. Fez calls it a birth defect. I call it a choice. I kind of feel like mine is more empowering. Let's go over to the comedy news. The comedy news. There's a lot of big stuff out there. But the variety show is coming back after all these years. This is probably the first variety show since Sonny and Cher back in 1974. I don't know the last big variety show, but it had to be Carol Burnett, Sonny and Cher, that era. Um, it was a dead format, and they're bringing it back with Neil Patrick ha Harris. We'll get a variety show on NBC. I don't see this thing doing well. They've tried the one-off variety show with like yeah. a Jessica Simpson and her husband and a couple other ones. That was a good one too. <laughs> I they've that was a Christmas show. They've been they've they're watched for like a train wreck appeal. This Neil Patrick Harris is not going to get this done. It's going to it's going to crash and burn. On the Saturday Night Takeaway, A, it's a crazy sounding name. B Apparently this works over in uh, the country of Angolan. I don't think it's going to translate over to good old America. They can keep it over the pond. I think they have got the perfect host in MPH. 
that this is they finally got someone who's tailor made to host a variety series. He's going to do sketches, game shows, musical acts. Wait a minute, why would a game show be in the middle of a variety show? That's part of the variety. They're expanding on variety. It's just going to confuse people. They're not going to know what they're tuning into. So they, I think today. People want to know what they're going to watch. They don't want the mystery, the question mark that is the variety show. America just loves uh, Neil Patrick Harris hosting something, whether it's the Tonys, the Emmys, or the Oscars. You know why, Fez? That's once a year. Would you want to watch the Tonys every Saturday? That's the problem. I'd let Imagine my house on fire. Saturday Night Live with the same host. Yeah, it'll be annoying. It'll be people <laughs> will burn out. It will just be like, oh god, yes, we know Neil Patrick Harris, your song and dance man, or whatever. I'm coming home. I've done my time. Stop it. What else is on? That's crazy. And Saturday night's a weird night, I think, to throw it on. The variety I don't, show. They it's say not it's not going to be on Saturday night. You ought to read the article, Chris. It's based on another show. Look, it just takes a couple seconds. Yeah. It's a couple of paragraphs that's up there. But now Fez looks smarter than you. He's not and smart. And he was able to yell back at you. It's not coming on Saturdays. But yeah, I, I'm going to lean with Fez. I mean, I'm going to lean with Chris. Oh, man. Because uh, the variety show, by definition, is annoying. You can't get around the annoying nature of it. I think when you see things like The Voice doing so well on NBC. That's a different, that's not a variety show. That's no. one thing. That's a competition show. But and it's also I, a game show. And all, and this is just going to expand on something like it that. It sounds that like people he's trying aren't... to be Jimmy Fallon all of a sudden. Yeah, this this is a bad move. This is going this is going to end badly for Neil Patrick. You know, Harris. they they claim that CBS wanted him to do uh, the Letterman show when Letterman left, and that I guess is the kind of variety show that people can put up with, you know, because you can get a little bit of talk and some is, rock bands, and, and yeah, it's it's consistent. Sometimes you get a comedian, sometimes you get a rock band, and you always get big stars at the beginning. I mean that. Now here's the other thing. Um, I know everyone loves him at the Tonys. I'm not as big into it. I feel like I'm watching a fucking high school performance night. It uh, just drives me nuts. He sings a 15-minute parody song. It drives me nuts. I'm not a fan of MPH. I know everyone seems to love him in TV land. I wasn't. I I, I saw the thing that he did when he over uh, did Hedwig on TV. I guess that was on the Tonys. Yeah, and I'm like, this is the worst Hedwig thing I've ever seen. And everybody raved about it. It's because they they just love him. It doesn't matter what he's doing. Exactly. It's, a doogie. it's the Doogie thing. I think the critics love him, but the people aren't going to turn out for the Saturday Night Takeaway. There was a bidding war for this, <laughs> and they're just not calling a it bidding that. War doesn't mean it's going to be go go over well. Every network wanted this. They went. They wanted in on the MPH Why business. Why are you so angry about it? Why aren't you at least happy? Uh, Chris, you're on the Running Fest show. So, Fez, if every network wants it, when they when they get when it gets canceled, are you going to come in the next day and claim that the networks are all homophobic? Oh, absolutely. Right now, I just have Chris carrying that banner. <laughs> oh, please. Second. I think if you carry a banner, you're gay. Uh, Mike is asking an email question, and that is right. We do get emails here on the show. There it is. And now, Ron and Fez, the show of the future, brings you... Electronic mail. Mail sent electronically. 
This is from Mike. It says, Renny B, what happens if both uh, Big Joe List and Eric Stengel are eliminated? Uh... Is there any way we can punish Pepper if that happens? Well, there is a tiebreaker. Yeah. Chris, do you know who's winning the tiebreaker right now? I'll check right now. I believe Joe List is winning the tiebreaker as of right now. That so could change. If Oh, you're kidding me. Well, they, they, they can go up and down the way that ESPN tiebreaker rules work. Okay, so as of, uh, now, as of right now, if they both go out next week... Joe List would be the winner. Yes, he would. So Eric Stengel has to keep winning. Yeah, he has to keep winning. But as of right now, Joe List would win tiebreakers. Um, this uh, got tweeted to us from Steve Knight. He is a fan of ours but lives in Angolan, the country of Angolan. Uh, and he says, Saturday Night Takeaway is a monster over here. Unsure if it will translate to the U.S., though. I don't know the the cheesiness of the American uh, palette, you know, where Glee was a hit for a couple of years and fucking American Idol. Um, it could work based on that. I mean, there's a lot of shitty shows on TV. I mean, they watch people ballroom dance for some reason. That's that's pretty big. But. I think the 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 problem with it. Is the same host week after week. That's the biggest problem. That will be the show's undoing. And I can't imagine, even if you're a Neil Patrick Harris fan, that you think he's going to be funny in a sketch. You know what right? I mean? Like yeah. he's not Will Farrell. <laughs> you know? They have really great writers on the Saturday Night Takeaway. It just feels. It's like if you ever even try to go back and watch. I don't know, Sonny and Cher or Andy Williams or whoever those fucking people were in the 70s. You're like, what were people thinking that they could sit through this? <laughs> I've watched some of the stuff on YouTube, and it is crazy. It's, it's, I mean, it's fun to like to watch to see this is what it was, was going on then. Yeah. But they see, everyone seemed fuck, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to turn around and see Neil Patrick Harris singing Betty and the Jets. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing that for? <laughs> Is he doing this in L.A. or uh, New York? New York. Hmm. I think L.A. would have been the better shot for him. Well, L.A. is where they all came from in the in the old days, right? Yeah. There weren't any New York variety shows. Um, here's uh, Drew. Drew, you're on the Running Fest show. Yeah. You know, the thing with all the popular television shows right now is they are all so gay. Ballroom dancing, dan uh, you know, American Idol, The Voice. There's nothing gayer than a variety show. Monday Night Football, um, it's pretty gay. Wrestling, <laughs> pretty gay. Um, I don't. Yeah, we'll have to. When does this all happen? Next week? Oh no, not this is next Thursday. No, it's going to take a while to put this together. Well, I they think should that... have kept it quiet until then, and they should have just said, "We've done a variety show. It's going to be on tonight. Quick, turn it on." That would have been exciting. <laughs> I feel like MPH might just walk off of this thing if it doesn't get done fast enough. He'll just be like, "All right, this is taking too long. I'm out." Uh, this this thing's. I hope shoddy. he does a doogie sketch. <laughs> Can I diagnose you? I hope their first sketch is about Ebola. By the time, you know, this... I mean, rip, rip this stuff from the headlines. Is, we're lucky if anyone's going to be alive by the time this thing hits, because Ebola should kill all of us by then. Um, 
Not if I can finish the work that I'm doing right now on a cure. Oh, what are you, what are you working on? Uh, some kind of a cold citrus juice that you drank. Refreshing citrus juice. You knocked any bull out with a lot of vitamin C. Is there any antibiotics in the juice? No, I'm actually putting biotics in it. Okay. Or probiotics. Oh, that's good. Yeah, those, those are Is probably, it? Yeah. You like having that stuff in you? I hear it's good. I've never taken any. Do, 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 do. Uh, Chuck, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, Chuck? <laughs> Chuck, in North Carolina, we got you? You are off the show, Chuck. And your call looked like it was going to be a goddamn good one. Um, Connor in Maine, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, my fake name isn't Connor, it's Hunter, but who cares? Um, I wanted I to ask Fezzi if uh, he saw Pepper Hicks's uh, NPH bashing as anti-gay. Oh, absolutely. Why? Because I think he would like this idea if it was if it was anyone but Neil Patrick Harris. I believe he loved the Maya Rudolph idea of doing this. What? I don't remember loving that at all. That sounds pretty gay to say he loves Maya Rudolph. <laughs> She was great in Idiocracy. But look, anyone could be hosting the variety show. I think the variety show itself is going to fail. The variety show itself seems a little cheesy today. It's not going to... It can't That's pull it the off. Problem. They've tested the waters with it with the one-off specials. They just don't work. All right. I, my text just went off uh, from Neil Patrick Harris. It oh. says, shut that drunk up. Oh, He's really? a piece of garbage. Bring an MPH. No, he was stuck in a fez. Oh, good. Um, here's Bob. Bob, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Ronnie, I love you, and you're on point so much of the time, all the time, but i got to bring this up. You just mentioned all the variety shows coming from L.A. Mm-hmm. Need I mention Ed Sullivan and the Ed Sullivan Theater? I think we're talking about a totally different format. Would you agree, Fez? I, it's a totally different he, era. He, he was a presenter. Mm-hmm. And Neil is going to be involved in every song and every sketch. And You never saw Ed Sullivan singing along with the guest or appearing in a comedy sketch. I mean, right now, Bob from Virginia seems like the biggest drunk I've ever heard of in my life. You need to go into a rehab, Bob. That's where you fucking belong. He's blacked out. You know what I mean? You ought to check into a rehab I can smell. and see if they can help you. You ought to see if there's still there's lobotomies that go on. That's how <laughs> dumb your call was. <laughs> I can smell the whiskey through the fog. Yeah. I don't know if you have a garbage can nearby. Walk over and start eating out of it. You just sound like a garbage eater to me. If someone hasn't flushed the toilet, face down in there. Because that's what you're talking right now, my friend. Shit. And piss. No, no one's talking piss. You're talking shit. You wouldn't say to someone, you're talking piss, my friend. Let's get started. I don't want to. I'm too tired to get new slang started. I'm fucking fighting a bull all over town. I was trying to show my because people are worried about it, and uh, one of the Ebola people lives in my building. Oh my god! And they're just riddled with Ebola, and everybody in my in my building is freaked out about it. And I go, look, there's nothing to worry about, and I just start licking the doorknob. Why would you do that? It's a quarantine zone to calm people down. You you can have Ebola now, probably. You will probably have Ebola. You licked the doorknob of an Ebola patient. I tell you the truth, my throat's fucking killing me. Okay. Oh, that's a sign. That's a symptom. <laughs> is it? Yes. 
Now we're going to get fucking quarantined. Are your eyes bleeding? Mm, a little, only when I cry. And I'm crying a lot. Oh, Because of the fever, the high fever. We have to call an ambulance or something. This is I'm freaked the fuck out. I feel like I'm in that bowling alley in Brooklyn. All right, I'm going to write this down in my journal. Do not lick the doorknob that an Ebola patient Yeah, is. don't do that. Let everyone freak out. Oh, this juice is helping me. Though. A lot of vitamin C. And I put crushed ice in here, not the big cubes. You know, it just gets the throat feeling good. I think your eye blood dripped in there. I thought that was... I thought that was grenadine. Is that tequila sunrise? I don't know. You know, you try to fucking beat Ebola and get everybody to like you, and they just bitch at you anyway. It's because you you're, know? you're spreading Ebola now. You're fucking spreading Ebola now. <laughs> now I have it, so I could. Is it okay to have sex with people that have Ebola? No, it's not. That sounds uh, homophobic. No, it's Ebola-phobic. It's just like during the 80s. I always had unsafe sex just to, you know, prove that it could be done. Oh, Jesus. Did you see that Jets game fight up on the iBank? Yeah, it's great. It's the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know why some people don't like to see uh, people fighting at a sporting event. Those are I my find favorite I, type of fights. Yeah, me too, because they're in different colors. Now, I'm going to teach you something. Right off the bat, Chris, the Jets guy had the lower ground. He yeah. should have lost. Yeah. I mean, oh, Jesus. He's a one-punch Johnny. Now, what's funny about that, I mean, I know you shouldn't say someone getting knocked the fuck out is funny. But you can hear the people in the crowd saying, uh, after the knockout, when the cops come walking out, he fell. So, strangers are just happy to see someone knocked out in a different jersey. It's old school. Just have a fight, and then, you know, no cops involved, no lawsuits, you know, whatever. The guy got knocked out. He'll be okay. Now, here's the funny part of that. The guy that got knocked out, and his fucking blood went all over the place. He had Ebola. Jesus! So, everybody in that section has Ebola now. They gotta quarantine themselves. There's not enough quarantine going on around here. Take me over to that stadium, and I'll lick the seats just to prove that I can't. Oh, did you learn the lesson about the doorknob? I want you to start and write up a PR bio for me okay. that just said uh, the man who beat Ebola. Man. And I just want to, I have a picture of me when I have a tie and a sweater on and I'm just smoking a pipe. I kind of make it look like I'm writing a book about it, but I'm not going to. Okay. The man who beat I'm going to do a book. I'm going to release a book, but it's going to be kind of just a picture book for children. So if they learn the dangers of Ebola? Yeah. It's called Jim Jim Lick the Doorknob. <laughs> My little niece the other day calls up and goes like this. She was watching some shitty movie or TV show, and she goes like this. I just found out that the Ninja Turtles are in New York. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's where they live. They live in Grand Central. Uh, yeah. The abandoned She was very excited about it. Now, is she talking to the new ones or the old ones? I don't know. When I was trying to talk to her, she passed out from Ebola. Oh, God! It's surrounded you, this fucking disease! Well, I've been trying to shoot the kids up with Ebola just to prove the children can't get it. <laughs> no! You're going to kill the children! Hey, some experiments fail. I'm willing to do that for science. Maybe you don't believe in science, Chris. No, I do, but I don't oh, think... Oh, I'm sorry. Is the, is the Earth still flat, my Catholic friend? No, it's round, but you don't just pump kids full of Ebola. You don't. No. 
I like to feel like we have a country that's free enough that you could do some medical testing without having everybody make a goddamn big deal about it. Yeah, the people who signed up to get tested, not just random children. Point taken. Okay. Now I know. <laughs> you guys stop with this Ebola kid thing. Always back to kids with you, isn't it? <laughs> You're the one who brought the kids. So what are you doing? Dating Honey Boo Boo's mom right now, you sick bastard? Oh, no, it's not me. I thought I saw you on TV. It's not me. You cost them their show. No, I did. That guy did 10 years. I've never been to prison. 10 years. And he goes right back to the house where he... I mean, it shows the prison doesn't work at all. Just immediately. The guy was just like, I got to get I think some. I really know how to deal with pedophiles too how's that introduce them to adult women and i think they would prefer it barely this guy's got both worlds he's got the mom and children oh you're disgusting i'm just saying they even think that there's two worlds <laughs> uh have you seen the new mike tyson um cartoon up on the iBank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Have you watched it? Yes, I have. You agree with the greatness? I think it's fantastic. Now, I watched it I didn't laugh, but I don't smoke marijuana. <laughs> but I can't imagine anyone other than marijuana smokers could enjoy such a show. I was quite high. And that's, that goes hand in hand. It's on Adult Swim. And Adult Swim lends itself to smoking weed. And almost like 100% of the programming is, is weed. Why don't they call it Adult Children Swim? Because this is a childish cartoon the same kind of cartoon. I was going to say like a 70s or 80s, but maybe it's even a 90s looking cartoon. It's Johnny Questish. Yeah. You watched it on, you were high from marijuana smoke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Fez, you watched it from lack of oxygen and you enjoyed it for that. <laughs> Chris calls me today and goes, Fez is in a bad way. And I go, what's happening? He dropped the pen behind his desk. I go, look, I can't hear about this. I cannot be... I don't know how someone could go, I'm going to have a bad show. My pen fell behind my desk. I want to just keep you abreast of the situation. That's all. Yo, why did you point at your own nipples when you said abreast of? <laughs> oh, just for me. Oh, Chris, you. you had a text here, too. Yeah. It's from a honey boo-boo oh, saying, miss you, dada, needing it more. That's desirable. I don't know what that's for. I don't know what it's for either. I'm going to forward this to the FBI. Please don't. Please. I can't be an accomplice. <laughs> Just delete it. No one will ever know. <laughs> the only way I would be an accomplice is I would be a driver for a bank robber. Like drive? Yeah. And then while they were robbing the bank, I would beep the horn and go like this. Let's go! We're on a timetable! <laughs> And I'd have my radio blast, and I'd be rocking pretty hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that would you know make things fucking more fun. Watch with the cursing, Chris. I st almost right. stopped myself. Um, Weezer's down the hall, playing a little bit for Alt Nation. I know. Yeah. New songs. And their new songs are pretty tremendous. I had a chance to listen to a couple of them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I haven't heard anything from the new album. Well, you should go down and listen like I do. You should be in the VIP thing where the hosts are able to go and enjoy everything. Herbie Hancock also here today. It's a big day. It's a huge day. It's just another day at Sirius XM. He's got Weezer walking down the hall, Herbie. By the way, do you know what the XM stands for? No, I never know. Extra music. So it's Sirius Extra Music is our full title. Wow. 
I just thought it was like XM. I didn't know if it was even stood for anything. Look, Fez is just sitting over there going, gay people are really doing good now. We're getting variety shows. You know, yeah, Why you know, did you look down and get your feelings hurt from that? Why would you have taken that as an insult? Because I was like talking earlier and then I know I had already noticed that I had clammed up. What are you talking I didn't even say you clammed up. I just said Fez is over there happy saying gay people got variety shows. Stop you don't want to help yourself? Stop sitting like a hunchback. Yeah, just work it. That's it. Just relax the body. Relax the neck. Alright? Try to pull the head up over the shoulders. There you go. That's it. Lucy goosey Yeah. Try to push down on that desk. Like, if you don't, it'll come flying up in your face. What'd you do? Drop a pen today? Bed day? There was a little cause... bit more to it than that. How could dropping a pen cause you to say, I'm going to have a bad show today? And he told me that you stopped and told the boss about it. Yeah, Don said to let him know if I'm having a weirdness, and so I did. You went and told your boss, I'm going to have a bad show. I dropped my pen. No, I explained what happened where I had to move the desk. My heart started palpitating. I had to take a knee last night in the apartment. I thought this was it. It was done. Why? What happened? You have to move a salt shaker? What happened to you? I moved the desk to get my pen. I slid it over, and it felt like someone kicked me in the chest when I moved it. All right, you moved the desk to get the pen. Mm-hmm. Um, you swallowed the bird to catch the spider that tickled and tickled and tickled inside. You swallowed the spider to catch the fly. I don't know why you swallowed the fly. Perhaps I'll die. Oh, my God. So uh, you told the boss today <laughs> that you dropped the pen. You had to move the desk, and you don't think you could have a good show. I never told him I didn't think I would have a good show. I just told him I was having How did it come off, Chris? Because I know day. that you called me yeah. and said, please, he's talking crazy to Don. Get in here. Yeah, and then, and then after, after Don left, I ran, I ran into him and talked to him about something, about something for next week, and he's like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> and I said I heard about a, a, a pen underneath the desk. I'm so embarrassed. I'm going to get you one of those chains that you wrap around your neck and keep your pen attached to it. And that'll stop everything. It was a wild morning. What are you writing on that pen anyway? We're just writing on your knuckles? Love and hate? <laughs> what are you scratching for? What are you upset about? Just nervous. What are you nervous about? When I get nervous, I get itchy. What are you nervous about? Just everything on the planet. Saturday night takeaway? I wasn't nervous about that till you started talking about it. You know, this I actually surefire hit. This sets back gay people. Fez, get that pen, would you? There it is. It's behind the couch. Go I'll get have it. heart palpitations. Is that the right word that you keep using? I doubt if I'm saying it correctly. Yeah, but it You're is the, the only word. person who ever says it. Um. No, sailor, it isn't a five-way tie. There's only two people left. Everybody wants to take our Highlander game and make it more complicated. We don't have to. Look, two people haven't lost. Joe List, Eric Stengel. They've been perfect through eight weeks. You see this pen, Fez? Mm-hmm. You want it? It's a space pen. Go ahead, take this pen, Jerry. They would write with it in space. Works upside down. For some reason, I made it sound like Gilbert Godfrey was on the Seinfeld show. <laughs> Why did you take the pen? Don, why did you tell him about the pen? 
So what did Don say when you told him you dropped the pen? You didn't know whether you could work today. He was just making sure that my heart was okay. Was he a doctor now? What do you seem to have some knowledge of it. What do you do? Put two fingers on your neck? Um, so anyway, go check out the Lucas Brothers on the iBank today. They go through all the big com, uh, the comedy cartoons. What do they pick as the all-times, Chris? All right, the all-time greatest 90s cartoons. They have Rocco's Modern Life. Which I've never heard of it. It was um it was part of like the it was part of like the Rugrats Doug like uh block on Nickelodeon in the early nineties. I I liked it. I, I liked watch. That was a good one. And then they had Hey Arnold, which was a I think I just missed Hey Arnold because I this show I hated it just for the animation alone. All I remember is they would show the commercial and the kid would just yell Hey Arnold. Yeah, like, it, that was a fucking that annoyed me. Yeah, and look at this fucking head. It looks like a football. It, that the animation alone like weirded me out. I know. Here's the thing. I I shouldn't be able to draw better than people that make cartoons. And this and people love this fucking show. I don't get Children it. Children did not people. <laughs> Children would watch anything that's colorful and flashes in front of them. Doug. And that was another big one. That was part of the whole Rugrats, Rockers yeah. Martin Life block in the early nineties. That was that was all those were classic. Pinky and the Brain. I remember Pinky and the Brain. That was huge. I, I love watching it. It was originally a part of Animaniacs. Then it got. Well, where did we off. steal the Ron Fez thing? That was from one of those shows that used to be on with Pinky and the Brain. Um, I know it was Cow and Chicken, but that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's all you have to say. I, but I I didn't remember that being part of Pinky and the Brain. Don't get upset. Was Why are you upset? Do you drop another pen? No. The only time you should be dro- uh, upset if you can't get to your pen is if it's an epi pen, and then you need it constantly. Then take it and stick it into your neck. AP knows about that, right? Jesus Christ! You bring up another goddamn child herder. You're disgusting. Just say it. I thought it was apropos. Yeah. Do they have red and stimpy? Hold on, Don, our boss, just text me. Um, Fez and said, if you feel better after the show today, he'll take a bath with you. <laughs> so I don't know if that works or not. I'm just going to write back a hot bath or a warm one. Which do you prefer, Fez? Hot. Right, I'm going to tell him cold then. <laughs> it's going to be com- uncomfortable. Ice yeah, cold. He said, don't bring your pen. <laughs> and then he, writes, then he writes, ha ha, no, I'm just kidding. Tell the fucking sped head to bring his pen. <laughs> Don't laugh, Chris. You're making it's him feel bad. It's wrote it. <laughs> you make him feel bad about himself. You're feeling better, though, aren't you? Yeah. What well, feels good? Uh, my chest. Chest feels good. All right. It's positive. So that's the end of it, Chris? No, there's still some more. I don't want, you know... You should you should get the nickname Joe List. It takes you a fun year to get through it. You should be winning this goddamn Highlander right now. Oh, it'd be great. Then they got Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is another. It's like one of the first Adult Swim shows. I tried to watch that. People would say, "Oh, this is so hysterical." A fucking French fries are talking. Yeah. Again, I don't smoke the marijuana smoke. That's probably what I need to do. Huge and get co- me some marijuana smoke. I can't get you marijuana smoke. <laughs> Shouldn't do that. <laughs> Uh, and, and the Adult Swim shows, like the Mike Tyson one, it lends itself well to the 10 minutes that it's on, so that you just watch it, bam, done. That was great. Yes. It's a cartoon. Yeah. Fucking Top Cat did the same thing a million years ago. And their number one show, which is something I've never seen, is called The Regular Show. And I missed, I haven't, I've never seen it. I think South Park or 
Aquatine should have been number one. At least the first four seasons of Aquatine Younger Force. Well, they said the Lucas brothers said that was in no particular order. I think regular show is their favorite. That's just me thinking that. Um, Jason, you're on the run on Fez show. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Fez sounds kind of tense. Maybe you should uh, go back to that Oprah meditation guide week. That, yeah, uh, did you ever try the meditation, Fez? Yeah, I did that, and um, I, d- I didn't stick with it. <laughs> do, you, do you want to do something now? Maybe go, um... Give me some meditation music, Fez. I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll help you have a, you know, meditate a little bit. See how he's pointing at stuff? Sorry. There you go. And just lean back in your chair, shut your eyes, and just let your whole body relax. And if you're listening to us now and you're driving an 18-wheeler, shut your eyes, lean back, put your foot on the gas, and just release your hands from the wheel. Let your problems go away. That's it, Fez. And now let yourself relax, inhaling in and then exhaling. That's it. Inhaling blue and exhaling dark. And picture yourself in a white room, sitting on a white pillow. And you just hear the music and the relaxation. And you realize that the walls are covered in blood. A murder has taken place. In the white room? And you have a sharp knife filled with blood. And you hear sirens. The police are closing in. You open your eyes to see a family murdered and cut to pieces around you. One of them has written in the blood, Fez did this to us. I need to clean that up. You don't have time. You don't have time to take off your problems. You're going to jail for a very long time. Where you'll probably be raped. (laughs) Endlessly. And come back now and just kind of shake it out. Yeah. Let that feeling stay with you for the rest of the day. I'm a little bit more tenser and I feel like I'm still holding the knife. That, oh, that knife represents your problems. Carry that knife with you as if it's embedded in your neck. Let your problems be embedded in your neck into your spine. <laughs> and just relax. Does that feel better at all? It did until the blood started covering the walls. Hmm. That's weird. That's where I start to feel relaxed. And then remember your mantra that you say over and over again, Manson, Manson. And if other things come into your head, just Manson, Manson. Figure on the walls that says piggies or helter-skelter. In blood? Yes, in blood. What are you going to do? Your fucking pen's lost. (laughs) You'll never get that pen back. How come you stopped meditating when you were loving it so much? Um, I think I just, once the course ended, I didn't keep up with it. It was like a 30 days in a row thing. And I I think I just forgot to do it. 
All right, good honest answer. I give him credit for honesty, Chris. Like I thought, I think if it's thirty day course, I thought maybe lasts like thirty three days, not just thirty and then done. It's thirty days in the hole, my friend. All right, like the song. Thirty days in a hole. Um, the uh, Letterman's writer Bill Sheft uh, says that everybody online hates him and is saying mean stuff about him. He's the guy who got the cue card guy fired, and uh, he's going to Mark Marin, I believe, to have a sit down and speak his side of it. I didn't know it was this big a deal. I thought someone got fired. Two people we don't know had an argument. One of them got fired. I didn't know America was so crazy about it. Well, reading the, initially reading the story, it sounded pretty fucking nuts, like pretty crazy. <laughs> and I don't think uh, Mendez should have even been fired if he had the seniority. I mean, I know it got heated, but between two dudes... I think he grabbed the shirt. And these days, grabbing a shirt is the same as... I don't want to say raping someone, but it comes across that way. Once you grab the shirt, you're better off raping that guy. You know, because you're already at that point. It's escalating quickly. The yeah. initial report on the iBang was he grabbed the shirt and shoved the writer, Bill Sheff, up against a wall. You they're, can't put your hands on people, Tony Mendez. Sorry. They're, they're two old guys. It's not like you could even hurt the other guy if you wanted to. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I saw two old guys in a slap fight. At the fucking racetrack one day. It was the best day of my life. Oh, two old men fighting? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah what are you going to do? Nobody got hurt. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I'm sure people broke it up. They got heated, whatever. Normally, if you're at work and someone, you know, and you have that kind of argument, when the boss comes around and says, what happened? If you're the guy who got your shirt grabbed and shoved, you go like this. Nothing happened. Exactly. You handle it between yourselves. You don't bring in... Other- like a couple of fellas. Exactly. That's why it has to go down. Right now, over at the late night, uh, late show cafeteria, if Bill Chef sits down at a table, all the other guys get up and act like they're leaving. He has no one to eat with. Well, that's what happens. You drop the dime. Yeah, but it's meatloaf day. You know, it's fun to share meatloaf with your co-workers. I guess. He didn't drop a dime. It happened in front of everybody, and and this order came down from CBS. It wasn't even uh, the Letterman mean? show. What are you acting like they're the kings of the world? That's why you got to say to the people at CBS, nothing happened. Everybody be cool. Yeah? He slipped and I caught him. Okay? It's like that. They're only doing the show for another nine months or whatever. Yeah, right? Well, just let fucking kids run in. Well, it should be a good podcast over there with Mark Marin. Uh, Fez, uh, you said there's a story you wanted to talk about today. By the way, coming up in just a little bit, uh, and this is very exciting, one of the great uh, rock stars of all time, Mick Fleetwood. Jesus. Mick, Mick Fleetwood on the program. Um, he's written a book called Play On, um, all about his experiences from the early days in Fleetwood Mac. And I have talked to so many of those guys that were around London in the 1960s, and uh, it just seems like it seems like the most remarkable time ever. A better place or time, it's hard to say. A better place or time, it's hard to say. I love what you, how you just put that. I mean, you, you took all the words that would have been really touching, and yeah. you put them in a bag, and you shook them up, and then you just dumped those words back out. I thought and I, I loved it. Thank you? Yeah. Or you, as you would put it, you think. Uh, 
but anyway, that's coming up a little bit. Uh, play on now, then, and Fleetwood Mac. Um, the autobiography is available in stores and online. Fleetwood Mac, currently on tour. You know, my daughter just went to see them the other day. Was fucking blown away. And I go, what did I try to tell you years ago? When you act like they sucked. <laughs> These are real. We've had Lindsey Buckingham on our show twice now. And he'll sit and play just an acoustic guitar and you could die. See, I was I was sitting maybe eight feet from him as he was playing. It was crazy. It was the way that man can work a guitar is nuts. It's insane. You know how many years of lessons he took? How many? Zero. He's never had a lesson. Just self-taught that good? Like, it's nasty. Hold on. Yeah. I've not have a, never had a lesson either. Oh, yeah. So here's two guys that never had a lesson, and then you hear that kind of music. I'm in good company. Yeah, you are. You were even sitting closer to me than you were him, but that doesn't come up in your word, in your world. It's a great day. You don't like music too much, huh, Fez? I never listen to music, never have. Well, why don't you do this? When he's in, we're going to be talking about music. Throw a pen behind a chair and then crawl under it until you start freaking out. I got to get something where, you know, we either have a pen tied to one of his fingers, whatever he needs. Okay. You don't have a second pen? No, I was wanting that one back. I liked it. <laughs> uh, sure. I know. You, a pen can be like a pet. I mean, you know, you start to have a relationship with it. If them. I lost this Sharpie, I'd lose my shit. Okay. Uh, Rob in South Carolina. Hey, boys. How you doing? Yeah. Um, I was thinking, you know, maybe Chess would not give a shit about the pen so much and maybe he smoked a little weed. But then what if his weed fell behind the chair? I don't know. Oh, no. But yeah. if he smoked it beforehand, he wouldn't care. I'm not uh, into the marijuana smoke, Fezzy, but some people swear by it. Some people swear that the marijuana smoke makes them feel better. I, any, it's a medical marijuana. Any experience I had with it, it made me extremely paranoid. Have you had any experience that wasn't extremely paranoid? No, it's all been like that. I see. Are you guilty about something? I don't think so. When I see somebody with your kind of anxiety, depression, normally they molested a kid years ago. And I'm not saying that you did, but if I had to make a bet, I'd say that you did. Sounds about right to me. What do you... Well, you're the expert, Chris. Well, how would okay, I be he got you there. What are you talking but about? But what are you so anxious about? If you just had to pick one thing. Um, my heart. But you were anxious before then, right? Before you had heart problems. It's yeah. Almost, some people think that your anxiousness caused the heart problems. Yeah, that's true. I was anxious before. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, um, just worrying about what's happening now, like freezing up and not thinking of what to say. You're freezing up right now? Yeah. I'm not thinking about what to say about where the anxiety's coming from. Would it help if we left you alone in the studio for a while? By no. yourself? No, that wouldn't help. Is you all. and the microphone and no. the pressure? I could put a clock in here and have it ticking real loud while it's you know, see if that didn't relax you. Today's a bad day for you, huh? I'm gonna get you an extra pen. Same, I could use one. Same kind of pen as before. 
I'm trying to get three pairs of glasses on my head. Go for it, man. Someone said I look like a time traveler. I don't even know why that would be. I don't know why a time traveler would put a lot of glasses on that. The other one fell behind me here. It's almost like my missing pen. And a lot of it. <laughs> time travelers have goggles on mostly. Yeah, I think that's what they were going through. Like, I look like, you know, I had time traveling goggles. And I'm like, you're fucking caught up in your own weird fantasy. Don't drag me into it. It's kind of steampunk. I... There's a thing I feel like I've come up with that cures anxiety, if you'd be willing to try it. Sure. It's Chinese food. Just oh. eat a lot of Chinese food. Oh, hell yeah. That but was... not with a fork. Do it with chopsticks. Right out of the carton? No. We're not animals, right? Let animals eat out of the carton. We eat off a nice, clean plate, but a small one. Paper or, like, ceramic? Paper, yeah, because I'm picnicking, Chris. <laughs> By the way, you're the, I, never, I never hear anyone else refer to a plate as being ceramic. Isn't that what? I'm sure that it is, but I just call it a plate. I don't. Do we have any ceramic plates in there? Um. Now, Fez, Americans are taking uh, less vacation days. You sent that over to the iBank. And I know that you've only taken, what, eight weeks off? Yeah. In the last six months? Most of that was sick time. That's still vacation as far as I'm concerned. A lovely vacation. A vacation in a sweet place where they just wait on you hand and foot. Yeah, really. And they make sure you're alive and well. Yeah, I know. And nothing bad could possibly happen. There's no place I've ever seen Fez happier than he is uh, when he's in the hospital. A, he's got machines attached to him, so he knows that he's safe. And B, he gets to say mean things to nurses. You believe this bitch? And I go, <laughs> bitch, you mean the lady taking care of you? Yes. She's awful. Angry. What would you like to say about this vacation thing, Fez? It seemed earlier today. It seemed like it was really on your mind. Yeah, is it still? Yeah, there's great. Uh, um, last year, 169 million days of paid vacation went unused. <coughs> and Wait, it, is that how many days in a year is there? 168 million. That's from if you add up everyone's individual vacation days that they didn't take. Wait, there's only 300 million people, right? Mm-hmm. How many of them work? I don't know. Half? You think half the country's working? Because you got children and retired people in there, right? Yeah. So that's only one day about a piece. Maybe a day and a half that people didn't use. Well, I, I mean, it sounds gigantic when you say 169 million. But if you said, on an average, most um, people leave one vacation day on the table. You know what you would normally say to that? No big deal. Happens. Yeah. Probably didn't even know. A lot of times you don't know you have some of those holidays that you have. Yeah. I found out we have a floating holiday this year. Where we... Yeah, we're just a day that we just go out in the ocean and we just relax. <laughs> no, no, no. We can take a holiday. We can take any day of the year. It's a holiday, you said. You just said it's a holiday that you can take. That's a sick day. How's it a holiday if you can take it any day of the year? It's a, it's literally, they said uh, they have a list of all the days off, and then yeah. at the bottom of an asterisk. Also, in 2014, you have a floating holiday. Well, do we get Columbus Day off here? No, we do not. What day do we get off? We get... I know every time there's a holiday, 
Donald say to me, do you really want that? It's stupid. Your listeners aren't taking it. This is what we get off. New Year's Day, Martin Luther King, President's Day. There's one that shocks people that we have off. Really? Yeah. We always forget that we have Martin Luther King Day off. And then we show up here and other people are gone. We're like, where is everyone? And they go, well, unlike you, they don't hate blacks. And I go, wait, I'll take any day off for black people. President's Day. That, that I hate. Because I'm old enough to remember when we had a George Washington Day and an Abraham Lincoln Day. And they fucking just went and said, no, you know, it's a President's Day and you get it for every president. Oh, you got, there was a twofer? Like you were getting two Yeah, seconds? they were in the same month. It was like in February or something. You were just constantly taking days off. And we used to get Brooklyn Queens Day off in school. What? Yeah. For Brooklyn and Queens becoming boroughs, because I went to school in Queens and Brooklyn. Uh... We got Brooklyn Queens Day off, so it's like Here's celebrating Brooklyn and Queens. It's a borough, not a country. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Brooklyn Queens Day. It's awesome. It's like, yeah, we're off. Manhattan, suck yeah, it. Yeah, and the kids in the Bronx are like, why are we going to school? <laughs> and then we get Memorial Day, mm. July 4th, Labor Day, Thanksgiving Day, the day after Thanksgiving, and then Christmas and the day after Christmas. Do you realize this is the second stupid list that you've read, <laughs> you've read to me in 20 minutes? I, you, I didn't know what days we get off. I'm telling you. <sighs> I think you take it a little too much to heart. And why look, don't you come in the bar and read the phone book until I kill myself? Ellis, this is what I was talking about. We're also pleased to provide you with a floating holiday in 2014 so that you could take your 11th holiday on a day of your own choosing. That's weird. That is weird. I've never seen that before. Lenny here? <laughs> Believe so. Um, <laughs> that's a strange one. Yeah. That never happens. Do we take that? I'm, uh, do we leave holidays uh, on the table? Are we part of this? Do we take all the time we're supposed to? I don't think we have. It's the think the thing. Not this year we have it. I know not this year. I think in years past we've worked it out so that yeah, we actually get every day. But this year we, we still have time. Don tells me that he wants us to work a half day on Christmas. What? And then I'm supposed to do some countdown on New Year's Eve. Live? I don't know. I suddenly they got me into Dick Clark. On New Year's. I don't know. They come up with these ideas, and then they, you know, I never heard about it again. And then, you know, Michelle come over and go, well, are you done with that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? By the way, we're completely off her radar now. Yeah. Goodbye. We were crazy ever to believe her. Uh, so is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this, Fez, or did I beat it into the ground? No, this MasterCard commercial that's out there is horrible to people who aren't taking their vacation days. What? It's horrible. I don't even know what you're talking about, it the MasterCard commercial. It's on TV all the time. It's these kids who are guilting their parents into taking them on vacations, going to beach resorts, foreign countries, when... Everyone knows what the economy is in this country. People can't afford to go to Europe. And yet this... Are you the parents this, of these children? This commercial <laughs> is making people think they're bad parents because they're not paying for expensive vacations. How could a commercial make you feel like you're a, uh, a bad parent? They even call the parents stupid in Can this. I just bring this up to you? 
what makes you think that a vacation has to be expensive? You know where my vacation used to be with my parents? Where? Camping in a tent next to a lake in Canada. We thought we hated it. Now we get together, and it's all we talk about. Remember when this happened, and we talk about it forever. I don't know why everyone thinks that you have to go to a a five-star hotel, particularly with kids. Yeah, that's lost on them, right? I mean... Everything's lost on a kid. They're children. You know? My dad would just, we'd be on one of his fishing vacations, and he would be like this, this is great, isn't it? And I'd be like, I think so. We don't have a lot to compare it with. I'm six, and I just threw up in the bottom of a boat. But you and my brother were laughing about it. You don't have to spend a lot of money on a vacation. No, Kids just want to do something. Because I think kids like a vacation because it's the only time their dad will pay attention to them. You know what I mean? He's got time then. Yeah. Because I remember um, one time my dad came home from work and I asked him a question. He says, do I look like I'm on vacation with you? Wow. I'm going to talk to you in another six months. And then we'll have a nice chat about this. Heart to heart. Yeah. I think you don't have to do a lot with kids. People get carried away. And they think you got to do a lot. Well, this commercial doesn't even bring up uh, suggesting, oh, just take a day off and play catch or go to the movies. These are kids saying, um, I'll learn French so we can go to Paris. And then they start chanting at the parents to take one more day of vacation. Well, here's the deal about it. You're being gilded out, not by children, but by the credit card company. Mm-hmm. What the credit card company wants you to do is... Take some money, just, and then owe them a lot more. <laughs> they might just say, fuck it, I'll put yeah. it on my MasterCard. They should, they should, you know how we do like the cigarette things? There should be somebody who just comes on and says, look, you think you're getting some free money, but you're not. It costs you a lot more. For the love of God, MasterCard. there's interest. There's interest. Yeah. The interest... Is going to make you feel... All right, see this hamburger? Yeah. It costs you $40 by the time you're going to pay it off. Oh, my God. It's the credit card companies. Um, But just because they have a commercial, you don't have to do it, Fess. You don't have to do what they tell you. This commercial encourages children to go yell at their parents. Good. Come yell at me. You'll get a fucking headbutt. I'll break your goddamn nose right in front of all your friends. (laughs) Uh, Steve, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Hicks, I'd like to make you a little um, challenge on this Breeders' Cup Classic race coming up with California Chrome. Uh-huh. Um, you don't have to bet California Chrome. You just pick a horse. We choose a mythical $10 across bet. And then Monday morning, I can call up and rag your ass after I destroy you. What the fuck? <laughs> that sounds fun. Kiss my ass. All right, somebody wrote this in to me. It says, Ronnie, you said you would be a driver in armed robbery. And Chris replied to you, like a driver? No. Proving that not only is he a ped, but he's stupid. No, I said like drive, the fucking movie. That guy's stupid. He wasn't paying attention. I want to point that out. If that guy's fucking on his high horse, all right? This guy thinking he's looking down on me. Now I'm looking down on him because he has shitty hearing. Wow, you flipped that quick, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Maybe you see a little movie called Drive, huh? With Ryan Gosling. Did you like it? I did like it. I only liked it when he was driving. 
The second he stopped driving, I was bored to death. He seemed autistic. Just a little bit. He seemed a little off. All actors are. But that that guy, that director, I I don't like him. I thought I liked him for a while, but he's just not a good director. He's a weird Dutch name. I almost can see you saying that like with some foreign accent. I thought I like him, but I don't like him no more. <laughs> this is not a good guy. He a bad guy. I'm from America. I was born here, but I still speak broken English. Why don't you take a floating holiday? Yeah. Back to Cuba, because I believe that's <laughs> where you just floated in on. <laughs> See, that would be a nice holiday for the kids. Let them try to float from one country to the other. It's going to be fun. Hold on to the barrel, kids. We'll be in Miami in another two days. <laughs> you didn't like taking a family vacation when you were a kid? No, I did like it. Yeah, well, then you should like this, then. I don't like what MasterCard's doing with these kids to try to make people feel ashamed of themselves because they can't afford big, uh, extravagant vacations. You got any kids? No, I don't. Then why give a fuck? This thing should just come out to say this is what you got to put up with if you have children. This should be a condom commercial, <laughs> if anything. I thought kids only... I don't have kids. I thought kids only want to go one place. That was Disney World. Yeah, well, that's just, these aren't real kids. Oh, yeah. they're, they're little actors that a credit card company is trying to sell stuff. Like what, I don't know why we're shocked <laughs> that credit card companies want you to run up a lot of credit. Yeah, what kid's going to start yelling about, I want to go to France? Yeah. Euro Disney? So, all right, I'll tell you the thing right here. Um, you be the kid, and I'll be the dad. Okay. Oh, I want to go to France. It's going to be awesome. Oh, do you? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You see this credit card? Uh-huh. It's a debit card. We ain't going anywhere. But... Okay? The commercial. Why don't you do this? Yeah. Go in your bedroom, get a blanket. We're going to build a t tent in the living room. And that's it. I wanna, that's our thing. I want to see the Louvre. <laughs> no kid wants to go to Paris. You're right. If anything, they want to go to Six Flags. You take a kid to Six Flags, and he's going to think Paris looks like shit. We're going to beautiful New Jersey, son. You're going to love it. There's a Batman roller coaster. All you got to do, like if your kids are mad at you or something, come home with a, a, like a pillowcase full of candy. Oh. And say, this is what we're doing instead of going to Paris. <laughs> you like Jolly Ranchers, They're going right? to go crazy. And then say this. By the way, you can stay up all night. <laughs> <laughs> no rules. Yes. No rules for you anymore. I would rather do that. This week, I'm going to teach you how to smoke. The kids will be like, this is the best life any child's ever had. I never dreamed of going to France when I was a kid. No, I thought that was crazy. Just going. Uh... Yeah. I was lucky. We went to Long Beach Island, Jersey. I was like, yeah, family vacation. This That's is great. That's actually a great place. It was. I had a great time. It was the one vacation we went on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was after your father pulled up that big drug deal, and you guys were able to go away for a couple days. <laughs> he was very... Uh, he like cash on him. He was smoking his finger out. <laughs> bought a new Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Everybody having fun? He's <laughs> all found money. <laughs> Away. Yeah, He's fucking making it rain. He's got a bag and there's like blue dye on some of the cash. <gasps> this is weird. Yeah, that's all you want to do when you're a kid. You don't want to go that far away. Yeah, I think I would hate Paris if I was a kid. They just won't appreciate like these little kids. Like in this commercial, it looks like there's like fucking six year olds. How can a six year old appreciate anything on any level, really? Like in Europe, like fine European dining or something. I don't know. I don't know what goes on. 
It's a little actor right there. It's not even an actual kid. That's a midget. These precocious children annoy the shit out of me. Wait, what kind of children? Precocious. Why would you try? Is that Why not how are it's you said? trying? Is that not how? You can't even keep your goddamn lips dry as it is now, and you come up with precocious. I'm not. I'm not going to stop trying. That's for damn sure. No, quit trying. <laughs> Stay down, Rock. I'm begging you. Uh, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. John in Lauderdale. Hey, what's going on? I just think it's a shame that all these freaking celebrity whores are working for Capital One. Jimmy Fallon, Alex Baldwin, Ben Affleck's wife. Is the cash flow that low, really, that they got to freaking push debt on, on regular people in this economy? What's in my wallet? Not enough, thanks to them. Um, I don't know. Because they're trying to um, get a hashtag going. Makes a bad day for Fez out there right now. Because you said your bad day started when you dropped that pen. Yeah, it started in the middle of last night. Yeah, started in the middle of last night. His bad day started in the middle of last night when the pen dropped. Here's some of the things that make for a bad day for Fez: spicy steaks, salt on a steak. Ah. <sighs> Pizza shoved in his face. Intern popcorn. <laughs> Run and Fez show fans. The advice show. Ants in your donut box. MasterCard commercials. Ah, they're rough on you, Fezzy. Ah, uh, they're horrible people on Twitter. <coughs> what, you think they're only bad on Twitter? Oh, they're bad everywhere, but that leads the pack. Who do you like, Fez? I like you. Thanks, pal. What about me? No. That's fucked up. Hey. What? He likes half of us. Why don't you give it a break? Hey, but I'm the half he doesn't like. Fez, I'm taking you to Paris. Really? Yeah, I'm going to drown you in the Seine. <laughs> if, I got, if I drowned you, right? Mm-hmm. And they found out that I did it, and they put me in, my, in the electric chair... I'd be whistling a happy tune. And then my last words were, I did it. I finally did it. Um, Fez, I know you like the cartoon movies. They're doing the Doctor Strange with the Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Now, Chris, are you familiar with his work? Yeah, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, yes. What's his name? Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. I have to say it slowly. Now... Last night, Andrea wrote to me that she saw him on Broadway in some Frankenstein play, and she thought that he was amazing. She said it was the most amazing thing she's ever seen. I'm not a big fan of the Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't think I've ever seen him do anything, because I don't watch English TV. He was in uh, Cloud Atlas. He played the. Uh, he was like the, the, the Englishman on the boat. Yeah, I watched it. I didn't know what the hell I was looking at most of the time. <laughs> I don't. And I don't like him because I feel like his face is kind of he's kind of freakish looking, and, and for to be like a big time actor. It's amazing to come out of you and say that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, seriously. You, do you watch the Sherlock? Everybody says that the I Sherlock is amazing. People say it's amazing. I don't. I haven't watched it. I got to binge watch that. Apparently, it's the only way to do it because it's not a TV show. It's just like it's like an hour and a half. Every ep- episode's an hour and a half, so it's just like TV movies. It's not, it's not a TV show. I don't get it. He was also in Star Trek, but... Oh, he was the bad guy in Star Trek, Yeah, he right? was, I guess, Khan. Kublai Khan. 
But I mean, I think he'll look like looking like a weirdo is good for Doctor Strange. I, I'm kind of lost. Who's Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange is in the Marvel universe. He is like a doctor who. Uh, his hands got broken. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say it was strange. So the strange thing about him is his hands were broken. <laughs> no, but... Th- That's awful strange, Doctor. Or should I call you Doctor Strange? <laughs> he has magical powers. Like, he's like a sorcerer. And he lives That's in Greenwich Village. He lives in Greenwich Village. <laughs> does he I'm have sure magical he powers? I'm or? sure he does live in Greenwich Village. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, again, that strange, right? <laughs> I don't know why everyone's picking on the Flash. I saw something the other day, Fez. I know it would infuriate you. It said, "Does it po- the headline and you were supposed to do it online? Does it bother you that the guy who plays the Flash is gay?" And I'm like, "You're just making that up." Jeez. None of the fans were bothered. Now I'm a little bothered that he's gay. I'm perturbed. No one's bothered by that. That shows a big, big hit. Did you? <laughs> just relax. Stop with the old lady act and just be a person having a conversation. You're just so angry. Now, did you watch the Gotham last night? No, I didn't. I got really retarded because <laughs> the cat girl, they were make acting like an actual cat. Instead of being how she was before, she was leaping around like... Bullshit. Yeah, she was only in it for like two minutes, but she was basically playing with yarn. It was driving me nuts. So it was like the Tim, Tim Burton Batman when they had like Selena Kyle like uh, cats brought her back to life, and she started like drinking milk out of a saucer and shit. I didn't see all them. I only liked one Batman, and that was the George Clooney. That was the worst. That was a good one. I think only Val. I'm Kilmer. sorry. What did you say, Grandma? It was the worst. Okay. We're going to get you uh, some butterscotch hard candy. Mm. Spending the rest of your day watching your stories. Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange. So he's a broken-fingered sorcerer from <laughs> Greenwich Village. Yeah. And so he's a hero or a he villain? Is, he is a hero. And now Benedict Cumberbatch is going to bring him to life on the big screen. The Doctor is strange down in the village. I just have a beef. Doctor is strange. He's a real strange guy. <laughs> Fingers are broken. Isn't that strange? So that's all you know about him. Well, yeah, Why do people read these? I don't things? know. He wasn't very popular. No, he couldn't be. Like, he's not like an X-Man, you know, or an Avenger. He's just fucking Doctor Strange. He's some weirdo living in Greenwich Village. <laughs> like, it's, that's his whole gimmick. I guess he can a go to, like... A sorcerer who lives in Greenwich Village. I mean, he's got a really nice place in Greenwich Village. Like, it's a real nice... I mean, that serious cash for that fucking townhouse he's living in. Uh, hey, here's my buddy Bill. Bill. I'm taking his card holder, 29.875, my buddy. Uh, it's old school. Wait, Fez is going to eventually hit it. I got time, Fez. There it is. Ah, thank you. Well, you know, it's okay, because I'm going to take care of Fez, because I'm a good guy. I'm I'm a big fan of Fez. Um, After him and Soccer Patty got married, they never had their honeymoon. I'm going to roll on MasterCard. I'm going to send them to France. Well, here's the thing. That would be a bit that paid off, and that's... It's better if it doesn't happen, Bill. Bill, you going to watch the World uh, Series tonight? Uh, no, Ronnie, I'm going to the Flyers game to see the return of Carter and Richards against the Flyers. Good luck with it, my friend. 
I can't watch the World Series without our Phils. You know how it is. Yeah, it's not going to happen for a long time. Not going to happen for a long time. Uh, Pete in Texas. Buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, have you seen? I think it it comes on next week. I believe y'all might look it up. It's supposed to be live. Peter Pan starring Christopher Walken. Yeah. Weird. Well, all boys grow old except for one. Isn't that the opening line to Peter Pan? Not sure. Did you guys I, ever read the book when you were kids? Never read the book. I, I always thought, look it up right now, Chris. Take a, Yeah, and type the whole line out and see if that where it happens. Yeah. All children except one grow up. That's a great line. That's a great line. How can you not like that if you're a little kid? You're like, what? There was like in the back of my mind when I was a little kid, I'm like, I doubt very much I'll grow up. Can't see that happening. I remember thinking, how could I be a decade old? I guess I was like six or seven or something. And it's like, a, like I guess I learned the word decade. A decade means 10 years. Like, yes, I'm very familiar with what a decade means. I was, I was saying my stupid little kid brain was thinking that. Uh, well, it just got a little bigger, but still stupid. <laughs> Nothing's changed for you. You're still very childish, Dr. Strange. Uh, we're going to break here. we got Mick Fleetwood coming up. Um, you know, not everybody is, uh, you know, musically, uh, everybody has different tastes. But when you see a guy who's spent 50 years of his life playing the kind of music that he wants to play. It's an amazing story to me, you know? And the amazing part of this is London in the 1960s had to be just a phenomenal be there. When you read this, the people that come in and out of his life that he knew since he was like 16 years old, where it's Keith Moon, his buddy Keith, Jimmy Page, and... Uh, John Mayall, and it's just phenomenal. Him and John McPhee have known each other since they were kids. Um, it's just a knockout to believe that all that stuff went on for so long, you know? In that one place, it's amazing. Yeah, that one kind of neighborhood. You know, when people say London, they don't mean all of London, you know? <laughs> Uh, and those guys are still making music. And I don't know whether you're familiar with this tour, but Christine McVie is back on it. It's selling out, and people are going apeshit. People are showing up, and you read these reviews, and I heard from people who are at the shows. People are in tears seeing these five people back together again. She hasn't played with them for 17 years. And uh, these show, these songs have been in our... In our lives now, for most of our adult life, when you really think back to these songs that even if you didn't ever buy the album, it's been around as much, so much, and you've heard it so much that it's sunk into you like a osmosis. You know what I mean? It's just there. You, you could not grow up in the United States of America and not have had Fleetwood Mac as a soundtrack. So to have Mick Fleetwood stop in, new book, play on now. Then, and Fleetwood Mac, it's the autobiography, uh, mickfleetwoodofficial.com, at mickfleetwood on Twitter. Do we got a break first, Chris? Yeah, we should break first. We'll break first, and we'll be back with Mick Fleetwood. 
this on Raw Dog. Comedy Hits, Channel 99. Mick Fleetwood is in studio with us. The brand new book, Play On, Now Then. And Fleetwood Mac, the autobiography, is available in stores and online. Uh, Fleetwood Mac is currently on tour. And it's a big tour. It's a it successful is, yes. tour. And everybody's crazy about this one. We I'm are hearing too. from everybody. Yeah. I'm hearing it from everybody. Thank How you. amazing is it to still have that chemistry after so many years, Mick? It is truly amazing and there is a sense in the ranks of the band the five of us that we are still reeling 
in the same way on the, with the same atmosphere as our audiences really uh, that it's 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 a it's it's unimaginable one christine returning to the band but that sense of completeness it's like uh you don't realize until something comes back what was missing thing yeah um we were happy to be doing what we were doing with hopefully uh all sorts of good integrity uh however this is profound and it's it's amazing and it's a very uh rejoicing period in our history well it's also going to be phenomenal to see how much this music means to people that it isn't just like these are our favorite songs but there's some connection yeah. that people have to this this music the, uh, entirely uh, the case i look at performances which grows with, with if an artist is blessed band artist the, of some form of longevity and has a body of work which is let's say that that would be the 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 template where neil young or elton and eric or someone that's been around as we have so having said that what it becomes is something that's not when you were 20 years old playing to other 20 year olds as you grow into that period and now we have a huge bumper basket full of the almost the nth degree of performance art where the audience itself has grown and spent the better part of you know getting on for 50 years one way or another so let's say 40 years or uh over 40 years of, of listening to fleetwood max music as with other artists so when they're sitting there there's a huge exchange they have their own lives they bring with them and it's it's as big and as important as the history of the band that they're looking at yeah so it's it is like performance art now well it's that connected spirit it's correct that connected it's, spirit it's very different yeah um and the people in that room uh and you know this was always to me what people always felt like why they went to church in the first place or whatever is just to feel that right. connectedness through human beings well that's happening loud and clear um and at the last tour without chris was was they were they're always been fantastic but it, it truly is it's now gone on to a level where we are reeling where th that episode that function of the audience going into another gear that we didn't even know existed is what's happening and it's 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 truly amazing and inspiring well you know we talk about the spirit of that but as you read this book it's also about this relentless drive that you have had to keep the music alive there's so many times when you read the book where you're just like this is where a person throws in the towel and goes on and forms another band or gets involved in something else you never did it you stayed no. with it no I, I, and and I'm I'm happy that that was the case, and I'm certainly not. But I, point taken. But it's also taken with huge amounts of of acknowledgement of of partners and musical partners that have made this journey in Fleetwood Mac. So I'm not the the king of the castle here. But I I understand what you're saying. That that has been my 
compulsive obsession or whatever one wants to to make a, a thesis on and it's just was my nature uh was i think inherited from no doubt my especially my father was always to try and make things better mm-hmm. uh and sometimes i think that's revealed in the book where in order to do that some other things in my own life weren't really as flushed out as they should have been uh family etc uh no sense of of no love but 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 just focus mm-hmm. and that that became quite apparent so it's a labor of love no doubt and uh it's the way i'm inclined was always to try and put things together dad was always a good meter of people and uh in the royal air force he was always in charge of of situations in a very holistic way and i noticed that but dad always used to say don't don't worry about how things get done if you're if you're telling yourself well you know i did this and i did that and you know someone else would take it says, as long as it gets done mm. is the important thing and move on Yes, you're you're definitely ready to play in the good times and play in the bad times. If you're traveling around in station wagons, you're going to go out on tour. If you've got a private jet, you're going to go out on tour. But you went out, yeah. and you played no matter what. And timing plays into that. I mean, you hang around, you know, until times get better, and then something, you know, then you bump into Lindsay, and yeah. there's a whole other life for the band. I, I understand that. I I think probably there's there's a huge thesis that could be done on my insecurity. Mm. <laughs> that, yeah. that, uh, who's to say? I'm not. I'm not. Um, but all, all kidding aside, I think that, that there's no doubt that I, as a person, am sort of certainly addicted, which is I think revealed. Uh, I hope it, in the book is if I, I'm going like, yeah, you're right. I I I would almost do anything to be around something that i found to be inspiring and i uh, i don't write songs and i don't sing i'm part of something that is a, a maker of a stage the very nature of being a percussionist you are there as john mcvee and i would readily say you're there to serve to to lay down the carpet for something lovely to happen on top of it you know and i think that's a lot of who you're talking to well yeah it it certainly is a life of service to the music but how much do you think that came from of the timing of being in london in that time where everything was happening and when yeah. you get that juice as a young man you know i completely was triggered by that uh i attribute um and make a uh, real mention of of my elder sister Sally who was an art student uh totally was part of my little journey through London when I was going to boarding school I go oh my god I just love being around her mm. and it and it was this beginnings of the fifth late 50s into the 60s and then we know what happened in London it just blew up it it was all of that it was everything uh that someone who was wired like me was waiting for because it was not you will do this you will learn that you will uh 
attain a certain level of whatever it is academically, which was totally all used to freak me out. So there I am, free, with people who were doing nothing else but being unbelievably free to be creative so i got the bug very easily just by being around it sure it was a perfect match for this creature and i and i had lucked out that i just i mentioned in in the book that i'm i'm a person that happens to play drums now i and i'm of course i it's what i do but I know players that live and breathe their instrument 24-7, and it's great. And they are... I'm not that person. I, I love playing drums, and it's taken me through life. And I'm, I could be accused of, well, you're sort of playing down, what, disrespecting what you do. It's not that. I really believe it. It's the only thing I know how to do properly. Uh, but it's, it's not all of me. And this book was a chance, for instance, to, to start taking various forms of reflective responsibility, I hope. Uh, I hope that's the, the, the tenure of how this book hits when uh, someone reads it, uh, where I wanted to take responsibility. Like someone who writes a song, they have to let that little baby go. Mm. You know, and yet they hand it over to a band, and guys, do you like it? But the reality behind it, very often, it, it's more than often at least something fairly personal. Uh, I don't get to do that. I've got to do it by doing this book, and at this point in my life, where uh, I'm really wanting. This is not a tell-all, tittle-tattle type of book, uh, and. That was a very conscious thing, and I hope uh, I've achieved it, but also uh, have fun with being objective about uh, my journey uh, and the way I was brought up, which has, I think, led to that person that, that really did uh, an okay job at keeping this particular play on Broadway, you know. Yeah, you kept it going the whole time. But again, it's because, and I, I go back to when you were saying, it's about being of service and being able to recognize that the 60s were coming on as they were. There's always seems to be this thing of you can tell when the light is starting to get brighter. You can tell when things are coming together, maybe even a little before everyone else can. Uh that's very flattering. <laughs> to, Just the num the no, I, 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 I'm, I'm a, an old dreamer. You know, yeah. I, I believe that we can. And it's it's not just the, the English, what's the phrase, the stiff upper lip, right. which can get you into the sum of that in there. Yeah. It's like, you, you are out of your mind. Give up. Mm -hmm. It's not, that's not my family thing. But, it, uh, and I think in some instances, I should have, should have done some of that, not happily give up the journey with Fleetwood Mac, although there were some times when you go, you were not meaning to, but you actually did take a bit of a gamble with causing an arena that caused quite a lot of personal pain, not just to you, but to other people. There's sure. some carnage involved in the ranks of this journey and that that does give pause for thought uh, there's certainly nothing i can do about it now apart from say i'm glad everyone for the most part you know the music 
has meant so much to so many people i i totally rejoice in that but it there is something if you were really a doomsday thing i said well you know if you'd have given up along but then you 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 can't live like that yeah and, well you know peter wouldn't have got hurt and he shouldn't have ever been in the business and then you know jenny wouldn't have been hurt and yeah and i i i i don't have any guilt but it, it is a you can get sucked into a little bit of that to which i have my answer is that that i'm glad it all happened you know and it's just I, i'm okay with it well, there's no doubt that there's always going to be a receipt for greatness, that if you're going to do something great, if you're going to build a giant bridge, other things are going to be neglected. Right. This happens all the I time. Uh, but uh, in the book, I think that we see that you make your amends with the people in your life that you love, and you never stop loving the people in no. your life at any point. I, I, I No, and I, I appreciate what you're saying, and I... And I and I, I think that's certainly uh, a reason why I, I do sleep well. Yeah. Um, but it's also part of, of a quiet thing where there are always lots of love, lots of love, and actually completely naive that so involved in wanting to keep everything happy and, you know, maybe elements of who knows, you know, I'm just saying that the, the the personal thing well you know i i didn't want this to go away which mm. could have been deemed selfish or uh and then my nature would be like well everyone we can be okay and uh, well it's not okay to fall in love with three people at the same time mick yeah. you know that <laughs> this is deemed to be a little bit of a problem and it's this that that child element and i'm not using it as an excuse but it has been interesting Luckily, behind all of that, there is no. I, I, I really feel uh, I have a great relationship and friendship, real true friendship, with with Jenny and 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 Stevie, who are, are, is is part of my life, always. Uh, and we have a humour about what happened. We mm -hmm. passed in the night, and uh, a couple of fireflies or whatever one wants to call it, but it, it's. It's not. It's not muddy. Yeah, uh, and I think that's just the way uh, things were, and that that certainly bodes well for for not lying there like Scrooge, you know, going like waking up in a cold sweat and going like, "What did I really do? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't give the gift." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm happy about that, which I I would put down to the way I was brought up, I hope. Well, um, like I said, you lead with your heart throughout this, and it, it uh, obviously with women, but also with the music itself, the, that we read when you talk about other players, the amount of appreciation that you have for people that you've played with or that were just in other bands, that when you sit down and read this book, you have a tendency to go, oh, yeah, that is great. I'm going to go back and listen to some John Mayo, which I haven't done mm. in a long, long time. And, it, and that happens time and cool. time again. Well, that, that, that very much part of my journey, and 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 that's what I feel, mm -hmm. and I consider, you know, all of that a, a complete blessing. All the, the I, again, by nature, I'm I'm that person that 
musically lives to play you know i it's not much fun playing drums in the living room on your own <laughs> yeah it, it, so it it automatically puts especially with the maybe the, the person that, that i the way i was brought up and all the needs or whatever it was when i left school and i was just like i i was so useless at school so i went immediately you know like uh, sort of my dyslexic funny little dreamy mind said it's people i gotta be with people so i i i learn how to survive on another level which i'm, I'm not going to get any uh power from being the the leader of the pack academically that was awfully hurtfully apparent so i no doubt went and used the tools that i had from my family which was always to be outward bound and you know the first thing i remember when john mcvee came visit my parents he came from a, a different type of background and, and mum and dad just hug everyone you know mm -hmm. and john dad opened the door he's never met john before and gave him the, the biggest hug and the kiss you know and i think john was quite disturbed he's going oh my god you know has he got some kinky kinky father <laughs> it's just the nature of where i came from so i applied i'm sure all of that uh as a way of surviving sure and being the first time in in england's history where you could go from working class to being an artist, that, that suddenly there was this youth culture, and the entire world kind of went from black and white yeah. to color, and you were right in the middle of that, and even if you never played, even if you were just there, you'd have a lifetime of stories. You are, I, I'm really loving hearing what you're saying, because uh, that's exactly what happened to the creature known as Mick when he was 16 years old, and in London and living in my sister's attic and everything from the knock on the door someone hearing me practice drums in the garage but what was happening in london was just everything i dreamt of it was those moments that, that i wanted to be which i mentioned in the book with sally and being around listening to i didn't know what it was even i was a kid like, like you know mose allison and john coltrane and just stuff which it was all intriguing and, and they were sitting around with black sweaters on and smoking cheroots <laughs> and just gulwars and <laughs> and i went back to boarding school going like, i want some of that yeah you know? and of course it became the dream of escape immediately i and when i was able to leave school which i did very early dad let me leave, leave school which was super cool and i went off to london right into that so you're right i i would have been sweeping stages if i'd never got a, a drumming gig ever i would have been around that and i'm sure and i certainly like to think that something would have rubbed off and i would have found something to do that wasn't academically challenging that i just loved yeah sweeping a floor in a theater whatever you know just to be around stuff like that that turned me on like that and i think that's what we pick up you know page after page in this book and i think that's the thing that we can carry on from this it's that feeling of life it's that lust for life that that has carried through I, I'm again happy to hear that, and and I I say amen, amen. That that my life is not over, uh, and the in in putting this document together, I 
I really hope that my my lessons lessons learnt as going f- f- uh, forward is to to really think how lucky I have been and Fleetwood Mac with Christine's return and certainly you know people are, are asking so I'll just say having having John be really really well yeah. you know how lucky we are and and almost the next breath would how how would you dare mess this up on as the last chapter of of your life is sort of looming and you know and it is i mean i'm not destined to be out of here anytime soon my hope but but there is there is that vision where you see you know it's mortality and that goes for a band as well you know and to have an injection of of just that title of 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 from whence you've come and and survived and uh personally it's everyone's personal choices but when you've been part of something that's been a backdrop like Fleetwood Mac that now is is truly uh able to finish out its story if we're really wise with with all of us making those final moves when and where that is we don't quite know but that's a pretty profound availability to say don't screw that up well that's the true wisdom to know that it's precious and what is precious yeah you know what is precious um and you found that first of all of course with john you found your other at you know if you talk about the great love affairs of your life here's almost the second part of you that you guys are able to perform together but the band musically is as connected if not more connected than it's ever been before than it's ever been before no doubt no doubt whatsoever and it it is in it's in process process as we'd say in england uh where we have such an adventure ahead what specifics that will be we don't know but we're already in the throes of it Mm. just the the playing part of it i mean me and john i mean the whole band is experiencing stuff but me and john turn around we talk we go like the rhythm section is complete yeah because chris is she's part of the rhythm section yeah and she just sits there and does her i mean the songs is a given and hearing her voice but she's one hell of a player you know she's just right in that pocket we go like she's back you know and it's like We've missed it. And that's the thing, as fans, people tend to feel on a subconscious level, because we can't put this into words. It's rhythm, you know what I mean? We can only hear it and feel it. Oh, yeah. But it's there. Oh, it's there. And I say it before I go on stage every night, it's it's like part of a... It's it's, it's a, a good, healthy get together thing and i just i said keep it greasy guys keep it greasy he's got to be smooth you know uh mick fleetwood's new book play on now then and fleetwood mac the autobiography it's available in stores and online for more information go to mickfleetwoodofficial.com twitter is at mickfleetwood mick thank you so much pleasure fantastic and uh i'm just thrilled at some of the things quite frankly you asked me and uh uh that's really refreshing thank you and for me too i'll see you next time coming through
Thank you so much, my friend. Mick Fleetwood. Uh, Mick Fleetwood's new book is out. It's actually pretty extraordinary. Play on now, then, and Fleetwood Mac. It's available in stores and online. Go to mickfleetwoodofficial.com at mickfleetwood on Twitter, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Aaron in Kansas, you're on the Run of Fez show. I just want to tell you, I was listening to your station on the way home, and that is the best interview I've ever heard with Mick Fleetwood, ever. I just want to pass that on. Well, that's very nice of you. Um, Have you had a chance? Have you had a chance to pick up the book yet? Not yet. I just didn't even know. I knew it was out because he was on CBS this morning or something the other day or Sunday morning, and I would. But I just want to tell you, I love the questions you ask. He seems very cool. Well, what you would expect from Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, he was a, a amazingly cool and really, really charismatic. Um, 
You seem like he could be a wizard in one of those mo- movies that you like, Chris. <laughs> Loves clothes. He was dressed really cool. But even his whole look, it was like... The uh, hair and the yeah. beard. Very, I loved it. I loved the yeah. You're just making me jealous. I'm out here in Podunk, Kansas, and you guys are telling me that. That's not fair. Well, <laughs> he's had a, a very extraordinary life, and I'm always moved by people who've had those kind of experiences, particularly the ones who know how to appreciate it. You know? I agree. I yeah. agree. And that's what I'm, I'm amazed at. All their families and everything is cool with this tour because they've all dated, been married, everything else. To step past that is a testimony to how much they want to impress their fans. It's, uh, it's been a, it's, it's also extraordinary that people are still doing this and still no you know, wanting to see it. I remember, you know, years ago, Everybody thought there would be a shelf life to this music. Even the people playing it thought, oh, we'll make a few albums and, you know, that'll be it. But people are still moved by so many of the groups back then. We were just talking the other day about how there's, you know, sometimes they put people in the shelf for a while. Um, but there's something about music that always comes back and touches us. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you. Bye bye. It's Aaron in Kansas. She's loving it. Well, who wouldn't? Fez, did you get a lot out of the McFleetwood? Did you get a lot out of that interview? Um, yeah, I think so. What was yeah. it? What was the part that got to you? Um, the, uh... The stuff the, that he was saying? Yeah, a lot of okay, the stuff. a lot of the stuff that he was saying. A lot of stuff. I always say that Fez has a great appreciation for life. For art. art. <laughs> You're connected to your fellow human being. The stuff, as Fez calls it. The lovely stuff. Now, I know one of your favorite bands is right down the hall, Weezer. Yeah. But, again, I'll just stop. You know, we bitch about work like anybody else bitches about their job. But Weezer's playing down the hall right now. (laughs) This is a band, when you were a kid, you had such love for, Chris. I can't tell you how much I loved... Pinkerton and that blue album. Pinkerton is uh, one of those albums where you put it on, you're like, I don't know what this is. And then you put it on again, you go, I don't know what this is. You put it on the third time, I don't know what this is, but I'm singing along with it, and I kind of dig it. And I'm not even sure what it's about. And then finally, in one of those days, you're like, I love this album. Yeah, I don't a- care what anyone says. It it. <laughs> It just blew up, and now people are like, "All right, Pink Triangle, best Weezer album." It's weird that sometimes, like you should say to rock critics, uh, "Why don't you wait before you sit down and write about it?" No need for snap judgment. There's been plenty of albums that I didn't think I liked at first, and now I love. It happens. You have to. You have to let things gestate in your brain. Let it gestate in your brain. That's it. I want you to do something, Chris. Okay. Because I think you deserve it. Okay. Why don't you take a little time off here and go down and watch Weezer? Oh, seriously? Yeah. Because you want to go with them? Uh, No, I'm not into Weezer. Not into that stuff? No. You get all this stuff from it? Then you're playing stuff off the new album. Seriously, I can go? Yeah, go. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go enjoy them. That's Chris Stanley going off to enjoy the band that he loves. So most of the things that you got from that interview was the stuff, right? Yeah, the main stuff. Now, 
the things that we were talking about in that interview is stuff I try to say to you every day. When he sat down, he goes, as a drummer, he has spent his life in service, laying the carpet for the rest of the band. That was so brilliant, and it's something I wish that you would uh, get into too, Fez. I wish that you would see life that way. I think you'd be happier. Sean in Alabama, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, there's a song by the name of Songbird that I think Fezzy would like. I didn't know if you could play a little bit of that going into break. You might wake his ass up a little bit here. It's, um, you know, uh, Songbird is one of those things that is really killing on this tour, too. Hey, Ben in Illinois, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ben. Ben in Illinois, I got you, buddy. Um, here's my friend John. John, you're on the Ryan Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I just want to thank you for another great interview. And I wanted to point out to you that there was three times he pointed out that how great he thought it was the way you phrased or uh, looked at something uh, from his book, which just shows, you know, you really do a great interview. you got an awesome talent, man. That's me and Fez both. Well, well, I love Fezzy, too, and Hicks. Thanks, um, guys. You got a lot of this stuff from it, right, Buzz? Yeah. Anything in particular? Um, no, just the general stuff. One thing that sticks out in your mind? Did Was this today? All right. So do you know what you look like on the when you're in here? Mm-hmm. This was a picture that was taken of you. Today. Oh, that's nice. That's Fez. That's what I see a lot. That's how it feels on the inside, too. Rick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Rick, turn your radio down. What is going on? Who's on those phones today? That's Peter Laurie. Well, he's doing a great job. That's a poster I want to give out to people. Um, here's uh, James. James, you're on the Run Fed Show. Ronnie, fantastic interview, as always. Um, and I was saying to the screener that we are all so lucky that they're alive, that they've got the chance. So many so many bands from that era, you know, guys are gone. Oh, yeah, John McVie actually just beat cancer um, the last few years. And those were always, that's always like such a... A scary thing when you hear that come up in people because, you know, you never know which way it's going to uh, go. But uh, rough times. Uh, Matthew, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, glad to hear uh, Fez so talkative today. I hadn't listened in a, maybe a week or so, and, and uh, he sounds better today. Yeah, he's on. Uh, go he ahead, got the stuff. Well, good, good. Yeah. And I was wondering, uh, where's Shelby? Last time I did listen... Uh, Shelby's taking a little bit of personal time right now. There you go. It sounded like you might need it. So, yeah. All right. Well, appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Uh, but he's not in any kind of trouble. You know, he's not in trouble here at work or anything. He just needed a little personal time off. Um, Jesse in British Columbia. 
Hey, Ronnie, I got to just tell you that's so fucking cool what you did for Chris just now. And uh, once again, you you are the tops of uh, interviewers. The passion that Mick showed towards Fleetwood Mac is just... The, the man is just awesome, and you do a wonderful job with everybody I've ever heard you interview, man. That's very Kudos kind of you, you to say. Um, and it's... Uh, of course I'd send Chris down to check that out. As a matter of fact, he's calling right now. Um Chris, how are you enjoying the uh, Weezer show? What? Yes. What? I, got, I got lost again, going down the hall. What? I don't know where I am. I was going down the hall to see Weezer. I thought I saw Rivers Cuomo, but I got turned around up here. Now I'm lost. I don't know where I am. All right, just relax for a moment. Oh, uh, Missy Weezer. I, don't worry about Weezer. Let's worry about you, first of all, okay? Let's make sure you're okay. Uh, if someone can help Chris, we'll send him into the big ass prize closet. One, two, three, four. Oh Christ! Oh Christ! Where, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? It's time for Ron and Fez's Where Am I? Christ! Where am I? If you can figure it out. You can win. Oh, God, where am I? Brought to you by Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, part of the Wyndham family of brands. There's a Wyndham waiting. How's this for a prize? Alien, signed by Sigourney Weaver. Alien, signed by Sigourney Weaver. Uh, Chris... Take a look around and okay. see if you can give something that could give you, like, a clue. All right. As, as far as I'm in an East Coast city. All right. An East, East Coast, Coast city. city. Is it New yeah. York? No, I'm not in New York. All right. Hold on. Let's see somebody here. Dave, the clue is it's an East Coast city. I think he's in town of Baltimore to watch the Ravens. Are you uh, in Baltimore? No. Oh, incorrect. Um, here's Bob. Bob in Illinois. How are you, buddy? I'm all right. Uh, Chrissy, look around. Can you see anything else? Yeah, all right. So I'm noticing all the, car, all the cars around me have Florida license plates. Oh, Florida license plates. Yeah. Uh, Bob, any idea? Daytona Beach? Yeah, you're probably in Daytona Beach, Chris. No, man, I'm not. I'm not partying. Oh, incorrect. You can party anywhere in Florida, dude. Here's Brent in Nebraska. Brent, how are you, pal? Pretty good. How are you? I got a freaked out young man here. Maybe you could help. Chris, can you look around and see anything else? Okay, so uh, at least while I'm lost, I just found a. Sh I can do some shopping at Misner Park. I just I just walked into the shopping center. Misner Park. Hmm. Ah, shit. No idea, huh? Well, that guy wasn't helpful at all. No. Oh, incorrect. Um. I thought it was uh, Meisner Park. Chris? I, I missed the Meisner Park. I, I, missed, I saw the sign. I missed, uh, I missed it. I see. Um, 
Well, give us another clue. Okay. All right, so I could, I'm, also, I'm right next to the Global Headquarters for Office Depot. The Global Headquarters for Office Depot. That should be wow. quite the help. Yeah. I feel almost better, but I'm still freaked out. Uh, David, any idea where Chris is? Is he in Providence, Rhode Island? Providence, Rhode Island. That, that would explain the Florida plates and all. No. Incorrect. Uh, look around. See if you see anything else. Okay. All right. I see a bunch of kids. A bunch of students heading towards Florida Atlantic University. Uh, Matt in Michigan. Any idea where Chris is? Uh, I don't know. Miami? Miami. No, I wish. Oh, incorrect. Um, what else? Uh, what other clues do you have? Okay, this is, this is another clue. The literal translation of the city's name from Spanish is rat's mouth. See, I always heard it was mouth of the rat. I have rat's mouth for my translation. Uh, John in Maryland, do you know where rat mouth is at? Rat mouth is in Boca Raton. Correct! Yes! You just uh, picked up signed Alien by Sigourney Weaver. Fantastic. Congratulations. That's Thank brought, you. That's brought to you by Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, part of the Wyndham family of brands. There's a Wyndham waiting. Ugh. Scary. It's waiting with a nice, comfortable room for you. I know, but it's still though. So see if, uh, like, ring the phone and see if they pick up. Where's the phone at in this place? So you can't see it? Let me talk to them. Like, ring the phone and let me put on, see what I can do. I'm calling this place, this store that you can see in. I can't put it on the air. Yes, is there somebody there that's like folding boxes that I could talk to? I was just in there a minute ago, and there was uh, a woman folding boxes. Had kind of like uh, a, a dark shirt on. She was kind of leaning over the counter. Yeah, just like checking her phone. Can I talk to her? Yeah, was there a guy there that was like mopping? He was like walking around, he had like an apron on. And there, uh, this is Dave. Hey, is there like a little girl in a swing, or she's like next to another little girl on a swing, and her mom has moved over to another table? Yeah, yeah. Look, now she's looking around, but they've got this camera set up in the store. Yeah, hi. I was looking for a, a, a girl. She has, like, short hair and glasses, but she was wearing an apron, and she's, like, walking, walking around. Um, can't do the good. It's like baby bear, like a baby bear. All right, I, I got to go. I got to go. Bye. 
blew my gig. <laughs> I had them all running around until it got too weird. Um, here's uh, CJ. CJ in California. How you doing? Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, uh, good uh, Fleetwood Mac story for me. Um, I saw them at the US Festival in 82. I was 14. I was a freshman in high school. And they closed out the three-day show, and they blew me away. And, and all my friends were into, we were all into Van Halen and the Scorpions, all the heavy metal shit. Sure. And I came back from that show, and I was trying to sell Fleetwood Mac to my friends, and Lindsey Buckingham was a guitar guitarist, and they they never got it until they were a little older. And all my friends that, you know, shooted on me are like, this is one of the best bands ever. I mean, that band together is so talented. Um, and, and Lindsey Buckingham got it, it goes down as one of the best guitarist I've ever seen. I've seen him so many times, but he's amazing. So um, it's funny how you just come around, but all these Van Halen bands, uh, my buddies, they all just came around about you know five years later, like, oh my God, you were right, man. Fleetwood Mac is a real real rock band. You know, they well, just have he, it all. The thing just, about uh, Lindsay great. is that he seems to do it with, with ease. You know what I mean? And I think... If you would just strain a little more, they would put him higher up on those, you know, rock god lists. Uh, yeah, he's but, got this weird picking thing with his thumb. He does a thumb thing. I mean, it's, it's really, insane. I've never seen cars do what he does. Yeah, it's insane. But, uh, I was an underrated drummer. I mean, that guy just knows. He, it's just amazing oh, to watch funny. those guys as a band play. Um, you know, as an entire group, it's, it's, it's real musicians uh, really doing really cool music i think so but it, it's uh it's funny to come full circle and really appreciate something that <coughs> well that was for your for your parents chris you're uh you're back huh yeah i can't believe i ended up in boca raton i can't believe you got back that fast uh dave smith is uh, we got a break first yeah dave smith is coming in to do the show with us he just got knocked out uh he was one of the final five guys but was just knocked out um last night of the Highlander contest. Um, so he'll be up in just a couple of minutes. Um, Jim in Iowa, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hi. Hey, uh, like everyone else, I want to congratulate you on the interview. I heard him uh, talking with Opie and Jim this morning, and your, your two takes were so different. It was like talking to two guys. It was just awesome, both of you. But I want to congratulate you again, and it was great. Thanks so much. Um, well, that was very nice, you. And uh, I, I'm going to go back and listen to the stuff that the guys uh, did with it. Um, John wrote to me, Tusk was over uh, hyped, but I loved it. Uh, it was just a real weird turn from their commercial uh, music, but that fucking song always slays me. Always slays. I think it's kind of like a new life. It's more people have discovered it. I think it's in one of the kids' movies as well. Um, are you kidding me? Yeah. Do you ever see the stuff that they did with the USC band? He'll still go out and do that whole USC band. We'll do Tusk. Oh, that's awesome. And you just see, bam, bam, bam. They're all fucking coming down. They shot a video of it at all. Too. It just looks insane. All right. Let's break here. And get back for uh, Dave Smith. He's stopping in. I'm going to make sure I uh, plug whatever he's got going on. You can watch his political series, Dave Smith, on YouTube at youtube.com slash dsmithcomic. He's also part of the Legion of Skanks. 
uh, with our good friend Jay. And part of the problem, they're available on iTunes. The Twitter is at Comic Dave Smith. Coming up next, Dave Smith. Buddies, this is Ron Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I can't believe he's finally here, Dave Smith. <laughs> we have so many mutual friends. Uh, yeah. And yet this is the first time we talked. You were going to be here to celebrate your top five finish. You were going into the finals, and you bet on the Dallas Cowboys. I, I, I did the classic thing you don't do in a pool. I broke my own rules, mm-hmm. which I... I I'm so strict about this. You never, never, never go division games. Definitely not a national division game. Because that's like a Monday night Skins-Cowboys game. Even if the Cowboys are a better team, the Skins, it's going to be a close game. They're going to get up for that. But, you know, at this point in the elimination, you don't have that many teams left. It's It's a tough game to play with that eliminator pool. Because you never know what to hold back. And you sure as hell don't want to hold back when you've, when, you know, and risk it too early. But you are right, because I lived in D.C. for a while. And the way those people feel about the Cowboys is insane. They have a hate down there for the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. And I don't know whether it's returned from Dallas, because Philly hates Dallas, New York hates Dallas, but I think Washington hates them even more. Really? Yeah. I, more than Philly? Yeah. Philly, man. They, well, they're filled with hate, but they have a <laughs> lot of hate. Where I think that the people in D.C., well, first of all, they're, they're like, they honestly still probably think they can win the Super Bowl. They're that, yeah. that kind of fan where they hold out because they've had a couple Super Bowl wins back in the 80s. And it's just still feels fresh to them. feels but, like it could still happen. Yeah, and I think for those teams, they're like, even if they go, de- even if they don't have a great season, if they, that, that win makes mm-hmm. it like almost all worth it for them. Just to like take in the big Cowboys right. year to take that Monday night game from them, you know. All right, you're thinking about the Thanksgiving game when Chai beats Sun Valley every <laughs> single year. It makes us feel better about ourselves. So what? So you got a pool. What happened last Thanksgiving? Our whole town would think about that. And then older people would come around and say to the kids, you better fuck up those guys from Sun Valley. And they'd be like, yeah, we're going to. Don't make a big deal out of it. Um, we were just talking about you grew up in Brooklyn yeah. at a time before it was like people like Chris moving in. And I'm living this trying, story. But <laughs> a story is New Brooklyn. That's where it is right now. The rent's like Brooklyn. Very one but me. I was just looking at at the palaces that we could live in in the Poconos. Really? Yes. We could have this gigantic 52 goddamn room uh, mansion in the Poconos for $800 a month. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know what we're waiting for. Start some weird communism. I was thinking I had to just buy a house there and put just some of my old stuff in it. Because the store, <laughs> I, it's going to be like a storage unit is in New York is more expensive than having a mansion. They just built a bunch of new store, giant storage buildings in my neighborhood. They've been building it for months. Just It's just all storage. Well, you know, years ago you used to invest in parking garages. Now you invest in the storage. 
I uh, I remember I, when I was putting my stuff in storage. It was like maybe like three four years ago. I was, yeah. I was moving and I put I put some stuff in storage and I just like made it. You know, me being a comic, just making dumb jokes at the storage yeah. place. Like I made a joke like I might I might sleep here with these yeah. uh, rent prices. And they got so serious about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like this is like a serious issue. They were like, "Sorry, it's in the contract that you can't sleep." Like, yeah, all right, I'm not really actually trying to move here. But I know not. a guy who slept in a storage unit. Yeah. Here's what he did. Uh, by the way, Hicks, it's Polo. So <laughs> he was working as a real estate guy, right? He used to sleep in the apartments. He would sleep in somebody's penthouse mansion. Not a bad idea. And then on nights that he didn't have any, he would go and sleep in a storage unit. Holy shit. Did you see the stuff on the iBank, the video of the $95 million uh, penthouse? This just... Around the corner. This is how high up it is now. This building. Um, this, I guess, is the most expensive apartment ever sold. This is that place up on the east side that is the going to be the new highest apartment building in the world. It's all residential. All residential, and that's the new scene in New York. This is why they're getting ready the bodegas that you like and uh, and the dive bars because they look above it and they go, "There's a billion dollars above this shitty fucking place." And no one lives. No one's gonna live in them for more than like two months a year. There's some stack. Some cause they've got the census information, and I think in Midtown, half of the apartments aren't lived in 10 months out of the year. All you got to do is walk around and look at the buildings at night. There, uh, there's a lot of dark places. That's because they're owned by corporations or they're owned by guys who sit on them and in three years sell them to somebody else. Yeah, it's all like some crazy game about like, you know, like like chopping that up and then selling like the rights to it to some yeah. other, you know, uh, financial company. But like there's like that I can almost wrap my head around, though. It's like, OK, you have like all this money. I'm going to be in the penthouse of this amazing place. I can I can wrap my head around that more than I'm going to pay five thousand dollars a month to live in like a three bedroom in Park Slope. Right. That's like that's insane to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, at the same time, like it's saying, no matter how much money you you have, you're going to live like you're broke. But right. this thing, I don't know if I could sleep that high comfortably. <laughs> like I'm going to go to sleep at night. It's like you're in an airplane that never lands. <laughs> The video said it sways back and forth by four to five feet. Every building does that. All the large buildings. This building is swinging right now. If you don't, it'll snap. So every skyscraper that you see has that movement that they can go back and forth. What are we, like 80 floors or 70 floors here? 70, yeah. Yeah, this this building probably moves at least three to four feet. And sometimes they say, it just, I don't want to bother you, but it leans way over. <laughs> it bothers me. <laughs> Some of the, it's like you're, like you can feel it like we're falling backwards now. <laughs> And the weird thing in this building, and I don't want to fuck with you about it, but I smell smoke. Really? Yeah. Is anyone else? I lit some oily rags out in the hall. I uh, I saw a plane coming right toward us when I was looking out right. before, but I'm always looking for that every time I see a plane. Now I'm always like, here are they coming? Dude, here? Right after nine eleven, like every plane that I saw, I would just like have to follow its path. Like I was convinced that's the one. Like it's headed toward Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. and that was that was like for two years yeah. after nine <laughs> eleven. Like a lot of times, people are thinking like right after nine eleven, like a couple days later, but they don't realize it. It was like a year later that people were still having those kind of feelings. Now I know you're a political guy. Mm-hmm. Where's the United States going wrong? Because we're fucking wrong, dude. Everywhere. We all feel it. Everywhere. Yeah. Every, every, everything's been going wrong for like a while. Because it's like, I mean, not 
you can't say everything is going wrong because we're like at the height of human history kind of so far mm-hmm. just in like the technological advances and stuff like that but i think the government's fucking up on like every level like domestically internationally what would everything. you like to see us do internationally come home just yeah. come home like that's it's this is the most rid- i mean like iraq should prove once and for all come home like i was i was like eight when we launched the first war against iraq we've been bombing the shit out of them for decades and, and it's worse than it's ever been what do we do? But besides that, like, what? It's the most impractical, like, uh, philosophy to be like, we're going to be the policemen of the world. We're gonna, we're gonna run the borders of every single country. And and on top of that, like, what moral right do we have? None. To like tell these people how to live their lives. Well, see, here's the thing. As soon as we see there's some kind of genocide going on, that's always the thing that they have to. All they want to do to Americans, you come back and say to them, "Hey, they got rape houses over there," and then we get all fired up. Right. But there's always rape houses somewhere. At, right, and it's also it's people who are, are full of shit are the ones who are selling this to you. Like these people, like um, like the, the same people who are like say selling uh the, the current campaign in in Iraq, like John yeah. McCain or, or John Kerry or people like that yeah. who sell every war. They've been around forever. These are the same people who like. When when you would talk about how our sanctions are killing kids in, in Iraq in the 90s, they would be like, well, well, we still need strict sanctions. But now that ISIS is killing kids, they're like, oh, we really care about people dying in Iraq all of a sudden. Like, they become humanitarians to sell this war. It's, isn't, it's, isn't it weird that we all know the name ISIS now and we all kind of hate them? Like, I kind of hate bad. those ISIS guys. Yeah. The way they, but this is what it's like. Uh, you would see, like, at WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan would be in this fight, and then he would beat, like, the Iron Sheik, right? <laughs> and then the everybody would be cheering, like, yeah, we beat the Iron Sheik. And the following day, on a Monday, he would come, and they'd be like, congratulations, Hulk. And while he was basking in his victory, that suddenly Piper would come in and hit him in the back of the head. And everyone would go, like, Piper. And not, the Iron Sheik, he would never have trouble with again. That would just, they would pass each other in the hall. There wouldn't be any problem. And Piper would get our full attention. It's amazing. Just once you pin a guy in a ring, all of a sudden he can't give you problems there's, in yeah, life it's anymore. It's all done. But there's suddenly like a new guy that pops up, and that's where this ISIS but seems to be. ISIS is like almost like if they're, you know when they would use the same guy and then put him like in a mask? You know, yeah. like Kane would be a new guy, but he had right. already wrestled. Because ISIS is, the guy who was leading ISIS was one of Saddam's um, like one of his high up military guys. It's like the same people. This idea that these aren't like five year olds, right? They've been there the whole time. It's right. just rebranded. It's 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 not like these brand new people are there in the Middle East who all of a sudden hate America. Like it's just the same dudes yeah. that always hated yeah, America. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so we got to come home. That's one of the things we got to do. Yet we never will. Well, no, we never will. I, I wouldn't say never will. I, th- I think the example is like the uh, the Soviets in Afghanistan. It's the only way it happens is when we go broke and we actually can't do it anymore. And then you come back in a really bad way. So what you're saying, like any addict, we have Every to bottom empire. out. We've got to bottom out. Yep. We've got to look around. And one day we wake up, we're in debt, we've been sick, and we look over and we go, we have a problem. We have an addiction. Yeah. And it usually doesn't, like, I, I don't think you can find too many, like, historical examples of the empire that gets, like, way, in way too much debt, spread way too thin around the world, and then they, like, slowly rein it in and everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't go like that. Right. They collapse. You know, eventually you realize when it's just over, and then it's... It's over. It's always great, though, when you see countries that look like they're really happy that they're not the empire anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, 
Italy. Seems like they're like, no, 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 not us. And at one time, Italy felt like they had to run around. And then, of course, England was a thing that the the sun never sets in the British Empire. And they're fucking glad not to be the British Empire now. Well, you know, we haven't seen war in the way that those guys have seen war. Like, we haven't seen war in our country. You know, those those countries in World War II got torn up. And those people, you know, everyone, like, even makes, like, France is supposed to be, like, the pussy when they tell the story about World War II. Because they're like, oh, you know, their army just bailed and let the Nazis come in. It's like, yeah, well, I don't know. They just went through this crazy, bloody war in World War One, And then at the end of the war, they won, and the lines got drawn up exactly the same. And then there's this next world war, and they're like, you know what? This is going to be exactly the same thing. Let's just bail, and then we'll come back when this is all over, and it'll be the exact same France as it was before. <laughs> so it's like, but we haven't really been through that. We have, like, the troops have been through that, but most of the people in the country haven't really. Yeah. You know. I do like, and we're, we're really great at ignoring the troops when they come back. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what war. But I think every country has done that in history. Oh, they yeah. don't teach you that in school. But if you go back, like Rome wasn't happy to see the soldiers come back. Of course. You know? yeah. every They love to wave goodbye to you. But then if you come back and you're li- missing a leg or something, nobody wants to be around for that. No, and no one cares. I mean, the most, to me, it was like when you saw, saw like um, how shitty Fox News was to Ron Paul uh, in like 2008 and 2012 like if they weren't completely full of shit if all that like honor the troop stuff just nothing else Ron Paul got more money from active duty troops than every other Republican candidate combined all of them combined and he got more money than Obama the troops were behind if for nothing else then Fox News should have gone well you know what since we claim to like honor the troops or whatever we should at least like hear out their candidate but of course you know they don't don't care about any of that stuff why didn't Ron Paul go third party because all the rules are, like, stacked against... He went third party back yeah. in, in 88 or whatever for the Libertarian Party, but now you can't... Ever since uh, Ross Perot actually, you know, like, scared everyone to death because yeah. he came close, you know, they changed everything. So, like, the, the League of Women voters or whatever used to run the debates. Now it's the parties run the debates. So you just can't get in the debates. You'll spend all your money just trying to get on, on the ballots. And, you know, it's just uh, it's a we, waste of time. So we want to keep it as uh, Coke and Pepsi have all the shelf space. Yeah, that's the it's whole thing, It's this little right. thin thing for RC Cola. Still, <laughs> after all these years, there's still just a little thing of RC Cola. It's like comedy clubs yeah. might be keeping RC Cola in business because every fucking comedy club has RC Cola. Is that like, right? Th- there's no business like comedy clubs where they're like, wait, we can save three cents a month? On, yeah. Well, that's because they're bringing cola to people in the dark. It's all always helpful. Like, is this a coke? Shh, just take it. It's cool. Someone's, Shh, someone's trying comics. to make a cunt joke. Please, yeah, just the take comics it. talking. <laughs> you can see Dave Smith's uh, show, Dave Smith On. That's on YouTube at youtube.com slash dsmithcomic. And then Dave Smith also has his podcast, Legion of Skanks with Big J. Okerson. And Part of the Problem, both available on iTunes. Yes, and Louis J. Gomez as well on Legion of Skanks. Mm, the Puerto Rican rattlesnake. That crazy, that crazy bastard. Real ass dude. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. He really is. Fezzi offered, uh, was it to kiss your nuts or let you kiss his? I th- and you freaked out. Yeah, I freaked. I think I was supposed Sad. to, I think he was going to kiss my nuts. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, it's Why didn't you give it a try? I was too nervous. <laughs> All right. I couldn't get even get nuts. Yeah, it's really... Um, Nutwood, by the way, is where Tina Turner, Ike and <laughs> Tina Turner, were born and raised there. Uh, you know, Chris, do you vote? Yes, I do Are vote. you going to be voting this upcoming election? It depends on who's running. I don't know. You know, Russell Brand has got me into this no voting thing. 
Yeah. I used to be a no voter, and I loved it. And then I, the year 2000, I got back into voting, and I wish I never did. I wish I never paid attention. Well, I, I, I finally voted for a winner, and I haven't liked it. Yeah. I voted for Obama, and I'm like, I finally picked a winner after all these years. Because I used to just vote crazy third party. Now I hate voting for a winner. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's definitely like, you know when they have those like vote or die campaigns or get out the yeah. vote campaigns? It's like the idea that just voting is a value. Like, it's like, okay, so if someone's completely uninformed, you're just telling them to vote. You're not like saying like, pick up a newspaper, maybe, re- you know, like, yeah. educate yourself, just go vote. Like, that's good. I, I, I don't get that at all. Like, but even if you are informed, there's still dudes on there. You're like, who? Yeah. And you're kind of playing the game. It's yeah. almost like giving them your consent. Like, you're like, oh, okay. But really, you know, like, picking a local thing is much more important than picking mm-hmm. the national. If you really wanted to get a third party, they had to move into one town, take yeah. it over, lock that shit down, and then show the rest of the country this is how it works. Like, we should give one city can be a socialist city. And then we'll go libertarian with another city, and then we'll look over and see what's happening. But you see, that's but that's like completely consistent with libertarianism. Like yeah. that's kind of what libertarianism is. It's like, hey, as long as everyone's voluntary and no one's violating anyone's rights, go try a socialist company. Go, yeah. go all split the company together, and all the workers own the company. See if that's more effective. Fine, but you just can't force people into that. Right. Like that's that's the only thing. You know. See, that would be the beauty of it, though. How come we don't ever try that type of thing? You know, I don't know. Um, just to see, like people bring up all the time. I'd like to see Texas break off and just see if they can make a run out of it. And people are like, "Well, who Texas? Good. Let's just see. Let's see if we can have one fucking state that can pull it off." Absolutely. Either that or we conquer Canada the way <laughs> it's always been in the back of our the way we're going to do if we need water anyway. That's that's the thing there. It couldn't be that hard. Yeah. Um. Here's uh, John. John, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, yeah. I was just wondering uh, if your guest was ever in a crowd and just didn't like it, so he thought he could never have anal sex because he doesn't like crowds. That was, uh, you said you had a, a crowd phobia the other day, right, Fez? Yeah, it was a couple weekends ago. I had a panic attack in a very thick crowd. I thought you said two nights ago you did. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, when this guy was bringing up this comment. But then you just have a... I had one this past weekend, too, in what? Union Square. What was that for? I don't know. It was like I was fine cutting through Union Square, and then all of a sudden I just felt boxed in. They have the farmer's market there, mm-hmm. and the crowd just felt like it was crushing me, and I couldn't get myself back out of there fast mm-hmm. enough. And then you said you had a bad day today because you lost the pen? That was a problem. <laughs> that started off a yeah. whole chain reaction of problems. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this while we're talking about America. That's America right there. This <laughs> is America. We've lost our pen. Um, is that what it's all about right now? Pens. Getting our pen back. We have to get our pen back without you know hurting ourselves in the same... <laughs> And that's, that's fucking heavy, dude. Thank you. It's a metaphor. Except for his metaphors aren't. They just actually are his life. In this case, the pen that he lost is the pen. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's, that's just for Fez, though. For the rest of us, the pen could be, you know, anything. Really. <laughs> um, all right, some guy writes in, he liked the McF- uh, Fleetwood interview. He loves Shelby. Shelby reminds him of the old comedian Wally Cox. 
Then he says this. My buddy takes his 11-year-old daughter deer hunting. She killed her first deer last year. I'm not anti-hunting, and I used to hunt myself, but I'm not sure I would want to turn my daughter into a killer. It seems too bloody and kind of weird for a little girl to want to kill something as cute as a deer. Is I, am I being anti-woman? I think you're being more anti-little girl. <laughs> and pro deer. At this point, you're pro deer. Yeah, from the deer's perspective, yeah. you're being pretty awesome. Uh, my dad took me hunting a couple times, and I'm not, I don't want to say this. I should probably say it in therapy, but I, I remember being used as a dog a few times, like he said, just <laughs> running, <laughs> run into those bushes. And I'm like, see what's what. And I would say, are you sure you're not going to shoot me? And he goes, no, 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 no. Just see if we can get some of these pheasant in the air. You never went hunting, Chris? Never, no. Never really had much access to the woods until I went to school up in uh, Westchester. And even then, it was about maybe 200 yeah, feet of woods. That's not where people hunt. <laughs> Westchester is not hunting. Before that, never in any woods. Yeah. Never saw a deer. Um, you've never seen a deer in your life? Up until I went up to school. That's the first time I saw a deer. They don't have them in Queens. The weird thing is most places in the country is nothing but deer. Yeah, it's a problem. Most of the places it, it, you I was weirded out yeah. when I first saw one, and then another one came up to and started looking at the when, other ones. When I'm ass. down in Maryland, and my parents and my sisters live down there, and all. Whenever anyone goes, everyone goes. Be careful for the deer. Yeah. Like if you're going to go, like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to the Seven Eleven. Watch out for the deer. Every single person. Like I'm like, I know you'd be telling me, but they've they all they kill lost people. Cars. They kill like more than any other animal. I think yeah. kill people, and they yeah. I know uh, my our buddy uh, Nate Bargetti. I think yeah. he's probably he totaled a car a few years ago. Uh, deer, they're dead. Yeah, they, you hit one of those things. It's like insane. The um, yeah, it, the the deer kill more people than sharks. If Spielberg was to make a movie just <laughs> called Deer, it would be more frightening than Jaws because they just run out in front of your car, and that's it. A deer is nothing more than a big rat. It's like a long legged rat. It, Look at that card tipped over. Yeah, it's a fucking deer. It, it flipped. Oof. I see this little eleven-year-old girl as a hero out there. <laughs> Just fucking wipe him out. Um, Matt in Kentucky, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, how you guys doing today? None of your goddamn business, Matt. <laughs> That's your own right private on. business. Hey, um, you guys were talking about uh, trying to get people to move to a particular area and vote out, uh, vote a libertarian way, or move. Uh, yeah, or, just to try something uh, different. Right. Well, currently in New Hampshire, they yeah. have a project called the Free State Project. They're doing just that. Uh, I don't remember the name of the city, but they're moving libertarians into the area to uh, vote libertarian in the local elections, local government, right <laughs> down to the school boards to uh, take over and uh, have things go the way they want up there. Yeah. Such a beautiful state. Do you, uh, do you know, I believe, I, I don't want to get this wrong, but I believe they, they got put on some government, like, terrorist uh, like list or something like is that. Is that right? Yeah, they're, uh, yeah that, no, I believe that's correct. Well, that is, look at this, as we're talking, Fox News has a thing of a deer running through a fucking supermarket. Um, Kill it. Is Fox News getting it, their cues from the Ron and Fed show? Yeah, like, they're going, yeah, the deer thing's going viral. Let's run that right away. The fucking weirdos are picking up on it. But, yeah, I think you are kind of on uh, anti-government. If you're, You should be on anti-government list if you're a libertarian. Yeah, like, this is what we do. 
But if you really ever want to see the where your money goes, uh, go down to D.C., but then drive in the surrounding suburbs. Mm -hmm. The fucking money in this place is phenomenal, and it all comes from us. Yep. One way or another. Um, all right, this guy just writes in... Uh, completely random. I'm sitting in a car wash right now because another guy hit a deer in the highway and it splattered onto me. And his name is Rockamaniac. Um, cool name. Here's uh, Wade in Toronto. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. How are you, buddy? None of your business. All right. Got a buddy of mine about eight years ago heading up 94 out of Detroit. One of the worst highways for deer. Driving transport. Deer bounds off the shoulder, up off the top of his head to the windshield, and fucking killed him. Oof. Well, that's a fucking deer for you. <laughs> that's a goddamn deer for you. I don't know why we bother getting racial with each other when we should all just turn on the deer. <laughs> that's what I'd like them. to say at Ferguson. Stop, <laughs> everyone, and let's just fucking take this anger to the deer. Let's come together as a species. And kill the deer. Take back the streets. It's and you know the, it's unusual to have something that is fucking with your life, but then you could also eat it. You know what I mean? Like you could turn that into a benefit. Yeah, we can't eat ISIS. It's almost like it, at one point if, if they could have eaten ET. You know what I mean? Like because you know what ET was a child molester. It was to me the most frightening. Uh, movie. Did you watch it when you were a kid? Yes, I did. Did you pick up on the child thing? No, I just thought it was a friendly alien. With the finger. Oh. Did that little shit on the end of the finger. Ouch. Oh, no. Ouch. That's good. And then he was, first he was a little, with the little brother, yeah. then with the little sister in the closet. Remember he was hiding in the closet? Oh, shit. Yeah. He's like a bisexual pedophile. Well, yeah, he's a pederast. All right. Okay? A pederast. Um, because, I don't know why, but they say... All pedophiles will suck a little dick down to the fucking man, down to the man. So that's what that, that's what Spielberg was trying to warn us against. I gotta rewatch this movie. Yeah, and I miss all these fucking clues. No, maybe because you identified with them. <laughs> I don't identify with a pedophile. I'm just saying, maybe. No, you, you act like you never heard the word maybe in the middle of that. Zero, zero, no. Meet me halfway. I can't. That means I'm halfway to being a pedophile. I can't do that. You're having urges, but you're staying with <laughs> No urges. None. But that's what that movie was about. And that's why we got to kill all the fucking deer. <laughs> one after another. I'm down. Let's get a posse together. Did you say pussy? Posse. Okay. I mean, we could just set fire to the woods. That'll smoke them all out, right? Yeah, that's it. Let's burn down our fucking woods because they've taken over. Um, Dave, Chi Town. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought it was yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Ron, you always bring up this Texas thing like they should break off and be their own country, which is like the most liberal possible statement. If you think about it, if you go the other direction, you go libertarian or you go a little bit more conservative. You're basically saying states' rights. Like, let the states govern themselves. That ain't going to happen, dude. You know why? Well, 
because you motherfuckers wouldn't let kids go to school. That's what started all the shit. You let one black kid go into a fucking classroom, and everybody wouldn't have got would have got along well. So you're never gonna have the federal government. There's a better chance of states' rights than just making a whole bunch of new countries. Just let the federal government take a taste off the top, you know. I would rather let to see Texas go out on their own, see what they can do. I just don't think there's ever going to be a chance because then if they get in trouble, next thing you know, boom, we got to take care of them, and then where are we getting in our return? Uh, I say go, go with it. On to Texas, I'll fucking come down and visit all the time. I love to go to other countries. I hate to go to other states. <laughs> it's much more exciting to go to a different country. Yeah, I'd like to have a passport it's like an wherever event. I go. Yeah, get yeah, a nice Texas stamp. Right. I wish I had to fucking use the passport to get into Delaware. I'd be happy as shit. It would be wild if Texas was its own country, and then they got into trouble, and we decided this is where we're drawing the line about intervening in other countries' problems, where we just decide, no, we're not going in there. That's hilarious. That would never happen, though, but, you know, because one thing that we always are on the side of white people. There'll never be a time that... It's hard not to be. Yeah. We're here for you white people. But, look, except the Russians, because they're, like, the godless whites. (laughs) They're not. But why is it that everyone, like, okay, when when the Soviet Union broke up and a bunch of their countries seceded... Why? What's the difference? Like, why everyone celebrated that? They were like, "Oh, good, they're their own great. countries now." Yeah. Independence. Why can't? What's the problem well, with Texas doing that? Well, fucking when Obama told Scotland not to go into their own country, and I'm like, "What? When did we? When were we on the side of British rule?" That's the story of our country. Yeah. Right? Like, that's why we have that really bad song at the beginning of the World Series <laughs> that no one can pull off. <laughs> Just the other night, they were fucking pissed at somebody for not singing that song properly. Dude from Stained. Yeah. Why don't they fucking turn the, our national anthem to Hey Jude? Everybody can fucking sing that. You can sing that in a shower. You should not have such a difficult song to pull off. They hate the Stained guy now. What did he do wrong? Got some lyrics fucked up? Yeah. I never turn on during the song. By the dawn's early light. Stained. He sounds country. Whose brown stripes and bright stars. <laughs> He's cringing and watching. Here's Joe in Utah. What's up, Joe? Hey, excuse me. Hey, Ron, um, you said that according to E.T., all pedophiles are gay. Does that mean all gays are pedophiles? I thought that went without saying. It should go without saying, because it's not true. What? What? But you just agreed to it. When you say it goes without saying, that means it's true. I'm saying it shouldn't have been said in the first place. You can't take that back now. No, that's it. Tweet it out. Fez, tweet out. Fez Watley thinks all gays are peds. No, don't tweet that. Do it. Too late. Do it. Get the word out. There's some big shit going on over here on TV. I'm trying to keep up. Look, ISIS uses a hostage for propaganda. Duh. Mm. I'm going to tell you something about these ISIS guys. You want to see who they are? You just turn on Iron Man 3. It's a fucking setup. (laughs) It's a setup. The Mandarin? Yeah, it's the Mandarin all over again. I didn't see all of it, but from what I did, it seemed great. It's a ruse. 
Uh, you're doing the Legion of the Skanks, right? Oh, yeah. Every Tuesday, the Creek and Cave. Why have I never been invited on that show? Ron, we would have you on any freaking time you are willing to have. It. It's every Tuesday, uh, open invitation at the Creek and Cave. But am I going to show up and it's going to get a little like, oh, fuck, he did show up. <laughs> See, that's what I want. I'm not going to lie. I don't yeah. really believe you're going to show up. So it I would, would kind of be, be like there. that. Now, how come Big J never brought you in before? I don't know. You have to ask Big J that. He Deep down, he hates me. He's been, I he's been think there's me back. some to that. I think what he wants to do, because I always say to him, I want to come on the, the show, and he goes like this, oh, you don't want to come over there. We do a lot of naked comedy, because you know how Creaking Cave did the naked comedy night the other <laughs> night. Um, Gurian wrote in his column on the iBang that one guy had a small dick, but he did not give out the name of the person. <laughs> I'm sure that guy, I mean, he that guy did the Naked Show knowing his dick size. So, like, you know, I'm sure he's prepared for what's... I think he did the first 30 minutes on that. <laughs> yeah. Look at it. It's so tiny. <laughs> right? Is it even a dick at this point? How could you not look at a tiny dick yeah. if it's on stage? Like, yeah. Does this make you uncomfortable when we talk about tiny dicks, Fess? <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I go inside my own head and think, yeah, it would happen to me, too. That's the place that you need to work at in radio. Get inside your own head and talk in there. (laughs) And then that makes the listener lean in. Wonder what he's thinking. Wonder what he's thinking. Fez, you worry about performance, and that's why you haven't done a gay act, right? Right, yeah. But if you were going to do a gay act... Top or bottom? Bottom. <laughs> then you got no worries in the world. Yeah, you're not, you don't have a single worry. From yeah. the bottom, there. who cares whether you get hard or not? It's like a flashlight. Why is it fucking assholes? Fucking I think it's stretches. only polite. What? To get hard. Who would care? <laughs> if the other person is. Is that standard? To get no. hard while you're a bottom? I don't think so. The- I don't like, think it is. You just I mean, used. that's why they do the reach around so that person could get some kind of enjoyment. Get it out, you know. Oh well, God, you're well, disgusting. What I say? <laughs> what? What happened? Yeah, I don't think you got to worry in the world, there, Fez. Yeah, you're getting used, you know. <laughs> it's still the intimacy still frightens me. The What's intimate about a guy pounding you in the ass? <laughs> That's the exact opposite of intimate. That's fucking raw, dude. Yeah. That's Raunchy. a prison rape. You're not even face to face. You could fucking probably just have the paper down on the floor. <laughs> you could go through fucking the sports section. Get an iPad. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot. No, one really, people. no one really reads newspapers anymore. We got so. 15 of them over there. I just, I just actually been, was reading the paper before you came in. Oh, this daily news really a, got something. I have a New York Post app. Um, <laughs> app. <laughs> Here's uh, Jeremiah in the Ron and Fez show. Hey, uh, Fox News reporting all gays are pets. All right, but are all all pets gay? Which is I it? I haven't got that. And does enough. it go without saying? It definitely does. Yeah. Fez is reporting. Right, Fez, in this thing where your first time is a bottom, right? Uh-huh. And you, I'm sure you had a fantasy about it, right? Yeah, yeah, I've thought about it. In your fantasy, did the guy drop a load in your ass? No, my fantasy is wearing a condom. What kind no, of what? fantasy is a condom? 
It's the only fantasy I've known if uh, looking at gay porn. They all have condoms. A mm. fantasy means you all invent it, porn not is... fucking repeat it. All gay porn has condoms? Yeah. Really? Gay porn has condoms in it? No. I bet it's, I can find some gay porn without condoms. You have to specifically look for bareback. Then why wouldn't you do that every single time? <laughs> Fucking nothing but if I was gay, if I, if I'm I sorry, I'm not searching for gay porn according to your standards. I don't understand how you thought not having a boner wasn't polite, but you're going to make this dude wrap it up. Like that seems. Well, I don't you, care if you have a boner safe. or not. You're, you're, uh, being safe. You're worried about being intimate, and that's like the least intimate thing that you can do. Now take this plastic and oh. suffocate your cock with it. Awful. That's it. How much does that ruin a straight porn for you? The rare time it's when done. you see that, it's oh. over. I'm it's done. fucking done. Let's get that off the fucking screen. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusted. Here's what I do. I'll just fucking light the screen <laughs> fire. That's my way of dealing with it. What were they thinking? Using why, condoms in this. Why are you... Even in your fantasy life, you're choosing safety over fucking excitement. It's a fantasy. You could do anything you want. A fantasy that you can get fucked by three dicks. Instead, you want a dull man to come in, put a condom on, and I guess gently fucking tap that ass of yours. <laughs> yeah, first time. Because I'm sure that's going to be pretty sore. Oh, it's a fantasy. Jesus. It's a fantasy. You're in charge. You're not pushing down on a fucking table now. You're being a goddamn human being. Oh, Chris, I got to show you this. This was okay. taken a fez during the show today. Which, by the way, you've really chilled. But we we ought to put this up on Twitter. This is fez just as the show is going on. This is what it's like for him to do oh radio. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! That is the most. Difficult. Holy shit! But don't you know that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know that face. Let's upload that, just so people can see how what Fed sacrifices to do radio every day. Um, Joe in Pennsylvania, you're on the Run Fed show. Hey, Ronnie. I'm just curious, listening to how Fez was talking there about anal sex, and uh, he's going to be catching. I'm curious, what's going to happen when he finally at least tries it? It's going to hurt like a motherfucker. The guy's going to give him a reach around, grab that lame noodle of his. It won't be hard. How's he ever going to get around this? What's he going to end up being? Because he's You've totally worked out the fantasy in your mind. Well, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm feeling bad for you, Fez, because I'm thinking, man, you're going you're gonna to throw it into the wind and go, what the hell, I got to do this? And you're going to walk away going, what the fuck am I? Oof, that kind of made a lot of sense. I know. Yeah. At the end of the day, Fez, if you don't go after the gay thing, and you never once went after the hetero thing, what are you? Yeah, not a lot left. Well, there's one big thing left. Asexual. You got that. You could be the king of the asexuals. Matter of fact, if you said you were an asexual, I bet people wouldn't even ask you another question. Then you could fucking put condoms over your furniture for it. No one cares. You know, you're one of those guys. Spring spermicide all over your apartment. <laughs> okay. That, that, part doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. That's the least... That's the least fucking thing we got to work That's no worries. But why don't you, Fez? 
Choose to fly the A. I don't feel like the A. I do feel like, dude, for you, like, if, because you're a guy with, like, anxiety and stuff, and it's, it's still all a fantasy. The idea of, Hate, being a bottom anal does seem like the toughest way to go about it, right? Yeah, like that's because. Wouldn't best. you want to just like do some dick stuff the first time or something like that? Like maybe just let you know, like work your way up. Oh yeah, but fingers. that wasn't the question. Okay, all right, fair enough. I'm just, I guess I'm just. So what were you hoping to do then? No, I wanted to do all of that. All of what? You Thank know, you. the the sucking and the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's a tweet. <laughs> you know, remember in eighth grade, there would always be a retarded kid that you would get to say shit like this. It still doesn't change. I don't know. I guess I'd put my tongue in her pussy. Everybody would fall on the fucking floor after you got to say it. But you'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it'll happen for you, Fez. Well, Lord knows Chris is here every day. He's a fucking degenerate. You probably get pretty far with him. You know what to do? Bring some fucking crack and a bottle of whiskey. I'm sure you. Need I'm sure everything can fucking happen. It's a crack you. smoking party, huh? Oh, you trying to suck my dick? Okay. Well, you stay. Fucking hit on that rock. Spring. It's a good head. <laughs> When you're done, let's get some more crack. <laughs> Almost out of crack. That's when you know what you're willing to put up with. Jesus. That's when you know what choice is. When you're so fucking strung out. But by the way, because they never, you know, you're all for, you know, that that fucking ship has sailed for you. You're you're in the paying, not getting paid. Oh yeah, now. you know. Yeah, I'm past that. Yeah, stage. You're in the, you know, creep zone right now, no matter what you choose. Because you don't want anybody your own age, right? No. Well, anybody your age is dead. That's one of the fucking problems. You're the last one that can remember Barry Goldwater. You know, you're fucking bringing that up while you're fucking ramming a guy. How young do you want? Um, I would say maybe like late twenties, early thirties. You but you're gonna be with a Filipino then. I mean you're not gonna be able to get a white dude. No. Not in this market. No. Not in these days. They got everywhere to go. Get some fucking Filipino without a green card. Maybe a shot. And he's going Filipino and go even younger then too. They don't care. No. Let's you always you know about the young ones, don't you, Petty? <laughs> About. You always take it back to that fucking schoolboy sex. No, I don't. If this uh, E.T. philosophy is coming full circle it here. Is. It's, uh... Turn on your hard lights. Uh, Fuzzy, if you had to pick a minority to be with, who would the... <laughs> which one would you pick? Line them up from top all the way down. Okay. Um, I would say... Iceland? Oh, I hadn't thought of an ice of a Nordic. <laughs> What am I choosing from? I have no idea. What, what, I just what, fucking threw it. It ain't gonna happen anyway. Come on, go about black or Spanish, right? Columbia. How about light black or dark black? Which would you choose first? Light black. That's disgusting. He was. He did say he found Ray Rice attractive that one time. Yeah, as soon as he saw that he hit women, <laughs> he's like me and Ray Rice agree with something. <laughs> would you like to knock out a little twink in the elevator? 
No. Just punch him in his fucking face. What if he pissed you off and you're like, yeah. I can't deal with this fucking twink anymore and slap him around? Yeah, a you bit. saw him looking at another fucking dude. Yeah. You just start to scream. You're not going to get it. And then I'm not paying off your fucking MasterCard. That's all I fucking you're done punching. for you. Huh? You're going to I fuck some other dude? I mean, no matter what kind of gay relationship you're in, it's going to end up to two guys just squaring off sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a car trip with your buddy where you just fucking pull off the road. Fuck it. Let's do it here. This fucking rest area. I'm knocking your shit out. That's what gay marriage is about. Just fucking two guys just shouldering up. I there's Fez's pain pictures up. Do you remember what you were talking about then, Fez? No, I don't remember. <laughs> That's you on the air. Oh man. So sad. Look at the hands. Yeah. It's Bob Dolish. You know, Norton always talks about how he doesn't know what to do with his hands when he's acting. Mm -hmm. You're the only guy I ever so didn't know what to do with his hands during radio. <laughs> Oh, I remember what you were saying there, too. It's right. up on Twitter, on Run Fest Twitter. Do you remember, Fest? No, I don't remember. No. <laughs> I remember that happening on the show. This is what the fucking people looked like at Waco when they were lobbing the fucking tear gas bombs over the, over the wall. It's all coming apart, man. It's all fucking coming apart. It looks good, though. It's a good look. Shirt's there, you know? It's tight. Yeah, if it wasn't so late, we could maybe tomorrow we'll do a caption contest on this. <laughs> so I am fucking invited on your podcast, right? I would, I would be so psyched if you Are came to Are you sure? It. Because I am 100% sure. I'm not going to fucking show up until everybody is on board with it, you know? Who do you think would not be on board with it's that? It's fucking Jay, dude. It's, it's fucking all, it's Big all Jay. Jay. Here's cock blocking. That's what I've heard. I, I'm not going to lie. I say me and Lewis, we just fire Jay, and we make you the third member of Legion of Skanks. I, and we don't have these problems. I'm always looking for stuff to do. And by the way, you know, believe me, Jay shows zero loyalty to you two guys, you know? Like when he brings up his dreams... You guys ain't in there. That's for fucking sure. When he brings up his like condom fantasies, <laughs> yeah. it's never me on the other end yeah. of that. Yeah, if you had to bang a straight guy, we all know. What would it be? Um, there's a guy upstairs. Oh, God. Who's one of the um, uh, producers. For He's been on my mind lately. Oh. What so shows like, he produce? <clears throat> Um, well, this will really give it away if I say what show. Well, write it down. Yeah, let me see. First of all, I never know anybody upstairs. It's a weird wasteland up there. Thank you. <laughs> there's, a, there's actually a whole side of that, of that upstairs floor that I walked through once, and I was like weirded out because I didn't recognize anything. That if was somebody going told on me there. there was free pizza upstairs, I like fuck it. <laughs> I'd rather go downstairs and buy. That's, that's the show he works on. There's a Halloween gathering on Friday from twelve to one. Exciting. Oh. Did I say? So I see if I know You're going to be disgusted when you see how he. Oh, come on! That's the show. That's not the person. But that's I, still disgusting. I could guess who that's the sacrilegious. person is. Well, that's why I wrote it down, because it's obvious. Our buddy? Yeah, no. His boss. His boss is anti gay. 
You know that, right? No, I didn't know that. I heard those two guys doing uh, an anti-gay thing one day. Not All right, make, now I got to cross that out. Not even fucking making it up. Does it turn you on a little bit, though? They were doing like that. Like they were doing that <laughs> fucking bit. That ruins that one. That guy's kind of street for you, though, right? Yeah, but there's just a look there. What's the look? Like a big fucking mouth to wrap your cock around, or what would you do? Oh, God. Just very, very attractive, I think. Have you batched him? Yeah. That's weird. That's why no one feels safe here. I didn't batch here. Why not? Because you were taking up the stall. <laughs> oh. There's fucking like six in there in the bathrooms. We really wanted to you masturbate. You went there and fucking jacking the shit house. Never. You just said you took up the stall. I didn't know you had to fucking jack off. I would have got out. Fez, I I want to go do the Legion of Skank show. And I don't know, are you free on Tuesday nights? Yes. Yes, I am. We would, uh, of course, love to have you, too. Yeah, I'd love to have you drop me off over there and sit out front oh. while I run in <laughs> keep the car running until fucking somebody comes by. Just tell them, no, I'm not parked. I'm just sitting here right now. <laughs> I'm idling. Yeah. You're idling. You're the idle rich. That fucking picture of you, Fez, makes it look like radio is a tough thing for you to do. <laughs> Did one of us have a gun pointed at him? <laughs> at his balls. Yeah, like, and now I feel like I'm asking you to go through a lot with this podcast. <laughs> do you think you're healthy enough? To... <laughs> Today you dropped the pen. You lost the pen. That was a bad day for you. Yeah. But then it was weird. You talked more on the air today than you have in years. And I'm not even making that up. Thanks was, for nodding in radio. It was still nerve-wracking. Sorry. What are you sorry for? For nodding. What do you care? Who gives I, a fuck? I fucking really hope you bang a dude. I really do. Cause I, I, you, Thank you, Dave. Fez man. is not asexual. He's not. You can't, because he's told us he's having these fantasies and stuff. You, he wouldn't be having any of that if he was asexual. And I think you're going to do it, and eventually you're going to do it, and when you do it, you're going to be like, why have I not been doing this oh, the whole time? Like, that's going to, you know. Yeah. And then I just become like, I gotta have it all the time. Like you were uh, that's with, what I, that would be my guess. The way you were with Cuban sandwiches. <laughs> you're like, I don't want a Cuban God, sandwich. I love Cuban sandwiches. I don't want a Cuban sandwich. It's, it, it's the exact same thing. I remember the first time we brought those Sloppy Joes over from Jersey. You didn't want to eat them with the Russian dressing. You're like, I don't like that. I don't like Jewish deli food. The other day, you went to town on them. I, oh, I couldn't get enough of that. That's how God could be for you. <laughs> like Russian dressing. But yes, like I already fucking said that, Chris. It's dicks. Yes. Your bluntness just fucking slows us oh, down. I apologize. All right? All We're right. trying to be smooth. Okay. You think he's asexual or gay? I think he's asexual. I see where Dave's coming from, but you got to act on it. It's your actions. Like a fucking guy who sits around and daydreams about being a pilot. He ain't a pilot. You gotta grab that fucking joystick, fucking pull it back until you're leaving the earth. It's weird how those two analogies lined up perfectly. It was not weird, Fez was done on purpose. <laughs> you know? Be weird if no one else was fucking paying attention to the things that they said. That'd be fucking weird. Like you're just letting words pop out of your mouth without thinking of them first. That'd be the oddest thing ever. Look how difficult that picture is. I worry about him. I worry about Fez. Maybe I'm going to go up there to that fucking Catholic show and ask this guy. Shh. He'd be the first. 
I guess I'll ask this fella first. <laughs> yeah, you should. No, okay. don't ask him. Why? They don't think it's a sin. Oh, yes, they do. They think it's an absolute sin. The worst one. Yeah. I was proud the other day, though, because I saw a priest who was with a little girl. I'm like, progress. Thank you. <laughs> Equality. Yeah, we're doing it. You know what I mean? We're making things happen. We got anything else uh, we need to plug before we let Dave go? Uh, we need to plug that Dave Smith on is on YouTube. You can check that out there. And also the Legion of Skanks podcast with Jay Okerson and Louis J. Gomez. First time I'm invited, I'm going to be there, Dave. I'm telling you, I, I will invite you this Tuesday. This Tuesday, I can't do it, but I definitely <laughs> want to do one. I want to get over the creek in the cave. It seems like that's where the whole scene's at right it's, now. I'll tell you, it's a real, it's a cool spot. It's yeah. a nice like Mexican restaurant upstairs. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Trent, who owns it, she's like the coolest. It's a really, it's a really cool venue. Yeah. She stopped by one time. And we're like, Rebecca, come back, and she's like, Fuck no. And she was with James Domian. <clears throat> yeah, I know that, Chris. And uh, yeah. She's going to big fuck you to... He, I remember that, because he tried to help Fez with the gay stuff that day. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to invite me out. Yeah. That is the guy you should go out with, by the way. James is the perfect guy to help you with that stuff. Yeah, he does okay for himself. Yeah. But, by the way, James also said that the stuff Fez does where, like, being immature with it makes total sense. He goes, because... The same way that you felt like in eighth grade when you started thinking about sexuality, that's the guys that come out late in life. Hmm. It's almost like they're 12 again. Of course, now, Fez, you'd be 17. So people would be making fun of you for not getting laid. <laughs> it would happen anyway. Also on the Interrobang, the schedule for the New York Comedy Festival is out. That starts next week, next Tuesday. So you can see everything that's going on in the uh, New York Comedy Festival right there on the iBang. That plug has me excited to go. <laughs> that, that's the kind of plug. I mean, when you when you start a thing with also, I'm like, what do I got to do to check this out? All right, that's it for us. We're out of here. You'll be listening to me on uh, the podcast over there, Legion of Skanks. Can't wait to do it. And that's the end of my show. Donk. Like that drive me out of my mind I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to the Ron and Fez Show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.